1: In a
2: world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast.
3: Yo, what's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, The Professor nope we're not unmuted what's the deal panther fans it's your boy the professor aka tony dunn it's the c3 panthers podcast tuesday night 9 p.m um tonight's show is blackout and it isn't a thursday night game we've all been sequestered to our homes under a lock and order of the government in my (laughs) city so we'll be talking about uh local news Uh, Not local news. We'll be talking about Panther news and opinions as well as just society in general. I don't think you can separate the two. You know, that kind of discussion of sports and politics, keep them separate. You know, there's some limitations to the reality of that. So we'll be talking about the Carolina Panthers, the signing of Eli Apple, the retirement, the official retirement of Luke Keekly and the NFL in reaction to pandemic and protest uh, I'm going to be doing it tonight with my homeboys. First and foremost, my man, my co-host, Cody Lasney
4: in the house. How you doing? Tony Dunn, it doesn't matter if the world's b- burning, man. There's nothing I'd rather do on a Tuesday night than talk Panthers with my boys and all of my favorite Panther fans in the YouTube chat, Michael Jones, Underground West, Panther Coon, Joey the Blind Panther, Esquivel, Tyler Duncan, Ten Tizzy, Underground West. I don't even care if I'm reading names twice. I love you. Thank you all for joining us tonight. And Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll.
3: CK in the house as well, representing the VA. What's up, brother?
2: You know, um, living in a crazy world and, you know, it's uh, – you know it's i guess left a lot of people speechless man but uh i'm i'm happy to be here with uh with all of you guys i'm happy to hear you know Cody's back and got the energy and and ready to roll and uh then you know as you guys will see we got uh Greg the Bat Daddy back as well after a short uh short uh hiatus because of all of his extra projects, he has to worry about. It was so, certainly uh, no
3: rest. I'm sure he would have rather been chilling with us on the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Greg oh, building exactly. a barn. You thought tar- taking care of a pig was tough. Build your own dang professional shed, and you're doing it. homie. Mm-hmm. it looks fantastic.
5: Thanks, man. Yeah, it's been a, it's been really tough work. Uh, you know, I've had a, I guess a two two bye weeks in a row. you call it? So, oh, has it been a lot too? of time think?
3: What's yeah, the status two, with it's the been... YouTube stuff? How did the lives where are we at on that? It's the first show ran
5: well. The second show, I don't know. I messed up somehow. We just rolled with it. Uh there were still people there were still a couple guys in the chat room that were listening. they could hear me, they couldn't hear anybody else. I gotta get it figured <laughs> out. But new computer, new new uh uh digs. We got the new digs. It's like yeah. webcam look look good. Like, yeah. Got everything yeah, set yeah, up really. right, y'all hear me? All right. Yeah, it's been yeah. a crazy two weeks, man. But
4: the bat hat is looking professional i like that
5: (laughs) got to good to have you you back bro stepping up thanks man it's it's thrown my uh my week off not being here the last two tuesdays really has
3: before we uh move into the show uh look we do ask all the fans to smash the thumbs up button tell someone about the podcast i do want to ask everybody though and thank you for your 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 generosity on the show but tonight if you were intending to donate to the show right pick your own local something that would make your your community better and donate mm-hmm. it donate to them tonight yeah. i'm not going to tell you what is going to make the world better i'm not going to uh, profess to have the answers of to to wave the magic wand and fix society both uh, socially and biologically at this point Right with the pandemic I mean where like that's the bio, biology under threat here. so just pick your own whatever would make if it's a homeless shelter whatever is in your heart tonight if you were gonna donate to this show, thank you for that generosity and just turn it to your local community um and but you can support the show by calling into the cat calls line the number two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight you can follow us on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. And um, where else are we at? That's it. Oh, Cody, I was watching the Cripple Connection. You guys had me. You got me hooked, bro. I'm in there. I'm watching <laughs> yeah, these trailers I- <laughs> of these games. I'm over there waving my arms in the chat room,
4: Cody. So uh, i I know. I, I have to. I, I gotta get better at uh, at looking at the chat uh, uh, when I do that one. But there's a big PlayStation uh, press conference at 4, and we're going to try and live stream it on Thursday. So uh, check that out, too. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I, I need to read the chat room better. But I will not have that problem tonight. Uh, and uh, Trill One's in the chat room and said, did y'all see Shaq Thompson, Trey Boston, Ian Thomas, and Manhurts at the Charlotte protest? And, yeah, I saw the photo. Um, I, I live... Uh, I basically live in the uptown area, and um, it surprisingly, uh, up up here, it hasn't been too bad. It hasn't been um, as chaotic as places like Atlanta or Houston or, you know, you know any of these other bigger cities. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I mean, listen, I, you don't even know what to say at a time like this. Um, you know, this is a podcast about Panthers football. And, you know, it's 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 hard to do that sometimes, though, when the world might sit, really be burning outside your window. So, um, I mean, these are crazy times. And, um, uh, you know, I, I don't – that's why I don't blame any person, no matter what sports team you play for, um, be it the Panthers or, or, or who else, you know. Uh, if, you know, speaking up for what's right is something that, as an American – 're you're, you're entitled to do, and you're allowed to um you know uh express your right to to protest that. I mean that's literally what being uh, what being an American is and, and and understanding that not everyone in this country, specifically black and brown people, are are treated the same way by our police force and no, that doesn't go for all police officers but we now have seen it on video that it does go for some of them. So, and, and it's terrible and it's a travesty. And, and listen, I'm 30 years old. I mean, I'm, you know, I like to consider myself a, a wise person, but I understand how little I know. And I try and use these moments to learn and, and learn about the, you know, the experiences that I have never had and will never have. And, and also what I can do to to better my community and 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 help out people who uh, are in different circumstances than me, and uh, of course to tie it back to football, you know. But when you're a, a a black athlete like Shaq Thompson and you represent your your city of Charlotte being here, you know, playing for the Panthers, yeah, you want to show your support in your own community. So um, I'm proud of those guys and you know it, it, it's a difficult time to to talk about these things man cuz everything is so on fire right now literally on fire
3: well i think yeah. uh one thing that's going to help a little right is something that you did uh, just then and you sought to empathize with some with people right um so you know there's a there's a kind of human tendency to get defensive about society or, like, well, the life has fucking dealt me a hand, too, so you know, but if you know anything about everybody's life journey is that they all have these giant challenges in them, but sometimes, like, I mean, look, you just empathize with people, and you have your own individual life challenges, right? But you didn't sit here and go, look at me. Look at me. And, you know, what you're doing is you're trying to be honestly considerate of your fellow man in that case. Right. And if people can't, you know, and that's really, I think the only way to improve society is for us to just be compassionate, to be understanding, to be patient, you know, as much as we can with every individual particular. And in this case, I'm not trying to, I don't want anybody to interpret that as like an all lives matter type because you won't catch me saying that like duh right but how do we fix things i think as we raise our children to be kind compassionate patient forgiving can i get on my no no get out of here you're gonna get us all fired from our jobs miranda's been fired she's been fired my wife is in here she's been on fire today fire today (laughs) All right, yeah. so I'll pass the mic over. You guys,
6: blackout Tuesday.
4: Go, go! Blackout,
3: oh, no, <laughs> blackout Tuesday. She almost, uh, she almost took down a business in another state by accident. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Damn, that's a whole do on accident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, she's been. You want to talk about uh, like you know? Some people get they're like warriors right now for people. Uh, oh yeah. So anyway. Um, those are kind of my thoughts on it. Another thing is, my dad used to always say this. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a Yankee. My mom's a Yankee transplant to North Carolina, right? My mom's from Queens. Shit, my my father is not my biological. Father. He really is my dad, though. Like he adopted me when I was young. He's like the He's like my dude. Like so, but he's from Rocky Mount, so he's just like country ass motherfucker with this most Italian Queens New Yorker lady. It's the most bizarre thing you ever see in your entire life. But Mm. my dad has these kind of country truisms, you know, is that I have the fancy paper education. My dad kind of has the life education. And he's been saying, he always says this, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And that's really kind of what is perpetuated in society, you know, at this moment. And that's why I think people are hot. You know, you just these right. pressure points.
5: Well, that's like saying that history repeats itself, which is, you know, it's true. It, it always will. <laughs> like, or things, things don't are going really
3: back. change as much as we think they do.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, and this is a real that- good. Sorry. Go ahead, Greg.
5: Well, I was just gonna say this is a, a really touchy subject, and you know, just just it's it's difficult to talk about because you, you like Cody said, you, you want you want to empathize with people and you want to feel for people, and and you don't want to come off across like Tony said, where you're, you know, it's the all lives. You're wanting to focus on what's going on, and I and I get that. And uh, you know, I'm in Winston Salem, and just over all this stuff happening for the last few days, I haven't noticed a difference. Anywhere that I'm at, and I'm in Winston Salem and all the little surrounding city. Do you Creek, have a curfew right that. now? No, that, that was what I was going to bring up. Is, is that right Winston Salem? There was an article that came out today. Winston Salem is one of a, uh, only a few major cities, and when I say major, Winston Salem is a big city. Uh, went the only one of the few major cities in North Carolina that doesn't have a curfew and has had no looting. And uh, no, um, like rightful protests and everything, and the giant and it,
3: civil rights history too. You know, I mean, yeah. if you think about it, it's there's yeah. like a lot of issues that have converged in that region, of the state.
5: Oh yeah, oh yeah. So well, the it, thing was, the police force here they they stood with the protesters in the protests. It's one of the one of the cities that the the police force actually stood with the protesters, and we've had no looting, we've had no violence. I haven't noticed really any difference other than. Hearing about the protests going on. Um, so it, it's just so weird from where I'm at to see my perspective because I, I wanna, I wanna be able to look at things from all different lenses and all different points of views, but I can't. I can only see what I deal with. And what I deal yeah. with seems like people handling things really well and, and like very, very, very civilized. And, and, and I'm not saying that other methods of doing that are not. It just doesn't seem like, um, I don't know, I am I'm, I'm not fearful for going outside right now. See,
3: we need yeah. to hear you know, more of that. So. My city the city I live in, I feel like is overly weirded out by all this.
0: Like I, mean, I like why think, did I
3: have to rush home from dinner tonight? Like I feel like it also, was just ridiculous.
4: I I I think part of the problem is a lot of times people are kind of living on what they're seeing on the internet. And, and again, fear what you're poor, on, it's and, fear and, poor. And, Yeah. And you know, what you're seeing on the internet is very real, but you're also you're seeing you know it, my, microcosm, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, problem,
5: yeah. It's
4: not yeah, it's not it that might not be the, the how your community is reacting, but can I, I tell mean, you guys
3: a, a wild story that is very relevant to this from the past? All right.
0: I was reading
3: yeah. an account from a person who lived in a very important city in the South, right? So they lived in, like, a university city in, I will say, in Georgia, right? And they were telling me, you know, when I was reading, I heard about how it was like when they desegregated schools. And this is coming from a white person in a very... uh, comfortable financial situation, right? Very probably good social status. And they were like fearful <laughs> for their safety. And the thing that was so bizarre when I'm reading this is that like, this is the exact opposite of what the reality of the world was at that point. And so what I mean by that is the person who was the most safe, Felt unsafe. Right? (laughs) And so even fast forward today. Last night a rumor got started in Greenville, North Carolina. That these Antifa. I don't know if they said Antifa led. But you know that these protesters were targeting these upper middle class white neighborhoods. And there's zero validity to it. But guess what? motherfuckers got scared as hell that's a that's the problem folks the most safe people (laughs) are complaining
4: about being unsafe
3: so i I mean like
4: so i'm with you greg i'm with you i've seen people on twitter post uh uh twitter pics of like people complaining yeah tear it down burn shit up but then apparently it got a little too close to their neighborhood. And then they were like, oh, my God. Please, uh, this, Slow down. Uh, Slow down. This needs to stop now. Please. I don't want to die. All right. Let's yeah. get CK in here.
3: We haven't even heard from CK. He's on the sidelines. What's up, man?
2: Man, um, you know, it's one of the things that I was mentioning before the show is For the longest time, at least for the past 10 years, it's an argument that I've had, Um, you know, and and it's an argument that, you know, uh, again, I've I think over the past 10 years have changed. Um, I was never one to be considered a racist, but I was definitely on a more right side of things when when I'd see things like this happen. I was like, we don't know the whole story. The officer, you know, we don't see everything. This is just a microcosm. This is something that we don't see very often it's the majority of the police are good and all of those things. And I would make those arguments and I'd be that person. And over the past 10 years was everything happening. I feel my heart slowly changing. And, and I feel like I had one of the most major changes here is of this past week. And it had a lot to do with, uh, you know, we saw, we saw this happen. We all can agree it was wrong. It was, it was, you know, evil as some might even consider it. Yep. Um, but, what, what I saw was, uh, again, more of this fear-mongering, and it's a valid concern. There was a video of a, of a gentleman who, by all accounts, from my understanding, was trying to protect a business from looters. Again, we don't know the whole story, but he was beaten and looked like he was dead. I don't know what the reality of that is. Looked like he was beaten by these looters and rioters to death. Um, And then it looked like he his wallet was stolen, all these things. And I had this just anger, like this anger in the pit of my stomach about that. And then I started to think what I would do if I got my hands on them, like just those types of thoughts. And then I started to think about it. And I'm like, this is exactly what black people feel when they see that video of George. Right. Mm -hmm. This is the exact thing that they see every time one of these videos happen. They have that exact same anger and and. You know, I don't know about you, but if I'm not listened to, if I'm making a very valid and logical argument for a matter of 30 minutes and somebody is still refusing to see my side of things, I get angry. Like I get blood pumping, blood pressure high. I get angry, right? And so, and I'm not we saying I lose control. control. sometimes. Yeah. I wanna but, uh, you know, sometimes. imagine that happening for your entire <clears throat> life and- I've, I've been hearing it, and I think I've started to understand it. I have no ability to argue what they experience. You know, I, nobody who, who I can only go by on my own experiences and by all accounts, I've had a pretty easy life. Granted, yes. Am I given, a, a, do I have the benefit of a lot of other people? No, I, my father's been in and out of prison my entire life as well. Um, you know, I haven't had, the benefit of a very wealthy family. Everything I have, I had to work my butt off for. Um, but I still feel like I've had it fairly easy when I think about the idea that I can walk down the street and not see a police officer or see a police officer and not put on sunglasses just to try to make sure I'm not able to be, you know, I, I'm not in their sight or I'm maybe less conspicuous or something like that. I haven't had to deal with any of that. And so when i no you always
3: I, uh, go watch little dickies uh white guy video and it yeah. is a very intellectual also satirical though um analysis of this but you know this is what you're highlighting here is another thing that's and y'all don't want me to go all historian on this right i yeah. try to keep I stupidly made my nickname in the early goings of this show, The Professor. Mm-hmm. And now in retrospect, I wish it wasn't that because I like to distance my personal life and this podcast, should I say, from my profession. <laughs> right? And that is not the best way to do it. But you don't want me to go all historian on y'all. Like, we'll, I'll keep you up for days here. But the idea is this is kind of like uh, there's a – I watched this one – I was watching this documentary on Jack Johnson. He was the first African-American heavyweight champion. By the way, I was the first person to ever teach African – the only person to teach African-American history at Pickham College. Proud of that moment. Um, not that I'm – a. a, a like a expert on it, but this this guy, this, <laughs> this guy. I mean, I'm not like I'm a colonial historian, so my, my interest and in my you know my research overlaps with a large amount of it, but it's You're not it's like working. what I just did the whole time I was in graduate school, right? So, but this guy William Crouch, he he said this. He said there's two myths in the world. He said one the myth of paradise lost. And what he's referring to is like that there was this beautiful past in human history that we have lost. Kind of like the myth of the garden of Eden, like it was perfect and now it's imperfect. Right. He said, that's one myth. And he said, the other myth is that black people were okay with segregation. (laughs) And the point that I bring this up to you, CK is Sometimes America, actually, the whole time they've had the ability to naively underestimate people who are wrong, have been wronged, and continue to be wronged. The deepness of their, you know, uh, not their opposition. You know what I'm saying? Like or whatever the whatever that is that correct word is there, and this idea that like. And this myth has always pervaded American history. So after the Civil War, it was like, oh, well, there's no more slavery. The world's better. Then after Reconstruction, they're like, well, there's the 14th and 15th Amendment. The world's fixed. After this, after the 60s, it was like, this is fixed. This is fixed. And Mm -hmm. if you sweep under the rug the wart, right, as one historian what was his name? He was a sociologist, actually, studying the United States history, and he described it just ultimately as, like, the dark, the like, the moral stain on America, right? Like, this is it, and, like, this is, like, the wart on the hot girl's face. Like, she's the hottest girl in the world. She's got this big, giant wart on her forehead, and that's it. And well,
4: it has been, man. It, it has been since... It's it Yeah. yeah. Since the, since the inception of our country, again, man, no one has the answers to this. How mm-hmm. do you fix racism in 2020 for 500, Alex? It's like, it, it, I mean, this, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is, this is tough shit, you know? And, yeah. and, and again, like, we're a podcast of four white dudes, uh, you know? Uh, and I, it, it is a little bit different for me because I've been in a wheelchair all my life. So I know what it's like to have people just inherently look at you differently. And, mm-hmm. and you know and and uh, jump to certain conclusions about you without knowing or even caring to know you so right. you know I, I can't empathize completely no, but, I yeah. through, I, but I have been through but I have been through something similar and and what I can say is is that whenever you just you know again this is my you know, uh, my hippy-dippy moment of the show, but it's like when you do make, make it a point to get to know someone and know where they come from and know the people that love them and depend on them, all this white, black, hi, uh, Hispanic, it, it doesn't matter wh- where you're from. I mean, you, you really start to feel a human connection between people. And I think the, the scary thing that this is teaching us all is that that basic empathy that we have for one another there are some people that just don't have that and they do it for something as stupid as that's a black man. And I don't I, I don't you know. I, I see him as a human. And there are people that are like that. But I think if you are making a, an attempt in your day to day life to try and get to know someone that's different from you, that comes from a different background, whenever you have the opportunity to do so, Uh, Not only do you grow, but you help them to grow in their own personal points of views, too. So this is why.
3: Yeah, this is why I was celebrating your position earlier and the honesty and authenticity of it. Right. that What you just said. The other yeah. thing I, I really do think is is that like while we can't fully empathize, what we can all empathize with at this moment is that we clearly live in a state where the overuse, the state of the overuse of force, excessive use of force by right. a police state in a finance, like I'm becoming more liber- libertarian again. Every day now. Like, I'm starting to get like this. It's like, get the F out of my business, man. Like, let gay people get married. Let, like, get out of my business, man. Stop trying to write me a speeding ticket, a parking ticket. Take me to jail. And I hate to say this, is that I've always come, and this is where, I guess, my profession and my personal life have trouble meshing, as, like, I'm not, like, a street kid, but, like, I've come from, like, just working working class people so i just wasn't always like in this polished place that's why i got a foul mouth but like the worst thing you can ever do is call the police <laughs> like unless somebody <laughs> yeah. is like really killing me like i mean if we're fighting over the lawnmower if we're fighting over these girls if we arguing over who pissed on whose bushes once you call the police, everything gets effed up. Mm. Like it always oh. gets worse, man. So that's what I think is my real problem too. is I continue, just say this: like I don't feel like bad for the protesters. I mean, for the police. Like I like like you're not gonna make these protesters you know, in a bad light. They're like, God, well, the police got you, the you batons. Gotta, they got the spray guns. They got all this, and they use it with ease man the first thing is like this oh you push on the fence a little bit pepper spray to the face
4: homie (laughs) rubber bullet to your eye yeah
3: it's too (laughs) liberal it's just too liberal they're too liberal with their use of power
4: you know what what i will say i have noticed a lot of people who used to be very anti-gun are now kind of like Oh but oh shit. The police can do that. Like a, a lot of lefties are kinda uh like, looking maybe at maybe we need to strap to do... up too. Yeah hey, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> it's moments
2: it's, it's moments like this. Up. It's moments like this that this amendment is meant to actually be like right. that's is right. why why this, what it's meant for. It's not meant as a way to just allow us to kill people. It's a way to be able to actually fight back against an oppressive government that we we ran from to begin with and what's crazy about it is and we talk about this from the history you talk about this i'm sure we have had slaves in america longer than we've had no slaves in america just think about that like that is the majority of our entire history is is actually having slaves legalized slavery legalized that that part is what's if you think about it from that perspective, you realize how we – like we look at ourselves as the morally right country, right? We're free. We came over mm-hmm. here. But while we were doing this – while we were still doing the slave trade, Britain was putting like ridiculous amount of money into trying to stop the, the trade, uh, trade slave
3: trade slave right? slave trade and yes yeah yeah so there's some complications there the the british were able to bail out of slavery because they didn't really have it in england a lot easier than people who did so it is more yeah. complicated where it existed to get out of the business of slavery and then the other is like uh well ultimately is that this is inherently race was bound to the institution of slavery, right? It's actually one of the first things you want to join my take one of my American History One classes, and we'll give you this lecture is like slavery existed all throughout the world, but in the Americas, not the United States, but all the Americas, you know, after about the 1500s, all of a sudden you saw a system of slavery that was tied to race, right? So it's not just exclusive to the United States, it was all throughout the, you know, in fact, the Caribbean had like of all the slaves, but at the same point is now become a very, it's part of the narrative of our country. And to deny that, so you don't, and then you don't want to hear people say, well, oh, well, slavery so long ago. Well, you, okay, well, we'll just say this is race is built and woven, interwoven into the the fabric of America. It's just very simple. Well, that it's not simple. It's very complicated, but that statement is not complicated. And it's just true. It's just certainly true. And I I continue to say this is like, I'm a libertarian more and more per the day. Is look, if we prescribed a little bit, I'm not going to tell you what to do politically because I like public schools. So it's complicated. Like, I like public schools. I work for, my job is paid by the state. To call me a libertarian is also somewhat. what is it? When you make a contradiction, in yourself? So hip- hypocritical, right? So I work for the state and I act like I don't want the state involved in my life. But I feel like this is like all I know is this is that like we're following all these fucking rules, man, all these damn rules. And I'm living in fear all the time of the man. So if I feel like that, yeah. mm, I tell you, this is other people who really have to feel like that must be fucking irate. Yeah. That's it. It's like, but I'm really like this is I, 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 I don't, I tell my students, I say, don't, do, and I should not say this on the podcast. I'm going to whisper it. Maybe nobody will hear it.
6: <laughs>
3: but tax evasion is a American patriotism. That's what I tell them. Like, is this, is like yeah. actually kind of fighting these forces is very patriotic that's why I say this it's like yeah. hey if you can do this for cash I ain't reporting Uncle Sam that's American
4: <laughs> well, I mean that's literally uh, true You know, fighting, fighting unfair taxation is as American yeah.
3: or as evading taxation period is certainly or this, American. Uh, hey,
4: or just dumping shit into the sea. We're pretty good at that too. Be it tea or nuclear waste, dude. Whatever. Just dump that shit out. I'm with you. Fight tea the police or nuclear
2: state. waste. <laughs> One end of the spectrum to the other. Like, just, just dump, dump it we all, have dude. definitely evolved as a species.
4: Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're good at dumping shit into bodies of water. I,
3: I feel the other thing that comes off right now in society and I was saying this a little bit earlier, is like, don't the people who have the most power and the most money and the most opportunity, aren't they really great at making you feel sorry for them? Uh, you know, it's like yeah. this. It's like, oh, we can't empathize with people who are calling for a better society. And bro, Let's empathize and yeah. with these fucking assholes. <laughs> And oh, like I should be cursing that, so much. I'm applying
4: for a job. Well, Greg, you go ahead. It seems like you got something you want to say. No, I don't
5: just I just wanted to ask t- uh, Tony. There, you're, you're talking about the people that are like the the in the best set positions are uh, like have a way of making us feel bad for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Colin Kaepernick. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Good. <laughs> keep keep, uh, keep talking. Uh, I would actually put
3: him in a, no, I would not even, the reason I don't agree with that is because, like, in one scale, in comparison, individually, you and I, yeah, he might be in a good position, right? But in the position of somebody who's, like, you know, the owner of Sprint...
0: (laughs) (laughs) or something like you (laughs) know so here's the thing is that like
3: we're taking then you take this one kind of example of a successful person you know like here's the thing is this is that i had this one person let me give you an example is i was a big obama fan and i should not be opening this much up personally on this podcast giant obama fan man i saw him uh speak at Menji's Coliseum when I was in graduate school. I walked out of there, man on fire, man. Optimistic, ben young. Cam
4: Newton, Barack Obama, you're attracted to strong black men. I am, I am. <laughs> you are so right. So I walked out of this,
3: man on fire. So I went and I was like, a Obama supporter, really liked him. In 2012, I even like, barely helped with his campaign. Like, I mean, I said like I registered like three voters. Right. You know what I'm saying? I did something, but I went and stood outside this place for like two hours. Anyway, um, the point being is, what was I talking about? We were talking about, oh, so this guy was giving me shit, right? So I was, in. it was before the second campaign. So it was like 2010, 2009, probably. Maybe it was even the election year of 2008. My friend, he was, all right, so it was an election year and he said this and like so he's he's like i was like yeah uh, i like this guy man i'm cool with him but i wasn't like at this party like saying oh rah rah obama it was like 2000 i just saw him i was like and he was like dude you're voting for socialism you're voting for this you if you support this you're all this so at that time i was a father of a one-year-old i had a master's degree I was teaching at five different colleges. I was still working at Michelangelo's Pizza, the still p- the pizza restaurant that I worked at when I was 16 years old. I worked 65 hours a week that y- that year, right? Actually I did it for 18 months. 7 days a week I had a half day off. I made $22,000 a year. Think about that master's degree $22,000 you know trying to get this I'm teaching at these colleges I'm trying to get my foot in the door you're a fucking I got this kid you're paying for your health insurance and this asshole said don't vote for this guy instead vote for this guy who support by the way this guy also lived in a $450,000 house he had a $80,000 boat his dad owned a business that was like seven generations or like two generations old and he's telling me to vote for my ideals over voting for this guy that says he likes community colleges Mm. that would give me a job I was like so no fuck you you vote for your interest I'll vote for mine homie and my interest is lower insurance for a guy that makes $22,000 a year and paid his own way through college. You know, so I'm, like don't make me uh, try to feel sorry for people who got the silver spoon is my point.
5: I am so glad you made that point right there, because I was taking notes and I wanted to bring up the reason why I said the Colin Kaepernick thing. And when I when I mentioned Colin Kaepernick, the first thing you said was, Well, he's well off, but he's not as well off as like an AT and T CEO. Well, of course not. I can say that about anything, you know. When you compare me to a person who doesn't have a job and doesn't have a house, I'm doing fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's Certainly. raising and lowering the bar. But I wanted to bring up that point you just said. You were talking about your friend that you just said had the silver spoon, had a $450,000 house, a boat, and all this stuff. You think Colin Kaepernick has all this stuff? I guarantee he does. I guarantee he does. But I he's actually he's, voting for I my I guarantee interest. he's doing well off. My point is, why, why did we look at Colin Kaepernick as – well, he's not that well off, but the guy you're talking about right there, he's well off. Do
6: you
3: know what I'm saying? Well, I would we, tell we you we shine, this a, light is because this shine a light on This guy is probably things. in the top eight percent of my county. Then, so like, if you want to compare, like, throughout my, what I'm trying to say is this: is that ultimately we can pick it, cherry pick some examples. Yeah. Look, is yeah. So yeah, there's some very successful black people, but what they can't be interested in. Here's the thing is like the whole world is burning shit no, down. No. They're burning shit down right now because of what homeboy was trying to tell you 2 years ago. What people mm-hmm. were trying to tell Americans 30 years ago, 50 years ago. Let's not act like Rosa Parks was the first motherfucker that protested segregation. God, I cannot stop
2: cussing tonight. <laughs>
3: I am totally not getting the job.
2: Can I can, but while while you're you know <laughs> recuperating from that, um, one of the things I almost, cause it feels different to me right now feels different than what we've experienced in the past. Right. It feels like there is more movement. I'm not saying it's be- like, it's going to be the, it's going to be fixed tomorrow. Right. right That's not right what right. I mean by that, but it feels different. And if you ask me, I think that not having sports right now is helping this cause tremendously. Ooh, because, that's a good point. Okay. Very good because point. Because what else we got to sure, talk like, about? Like, like, let's be honest. I mean, that's l- look at this podcast. If we had 17 things to talk about, this would be really hard for us to have this conversation for 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. We do have some things we want to talk about, Eli Apple, uh, all of that stuff, and the, and the guys <laughs> that were in the, a part of the Panthers and what they've got, had going on. But, you know, nonetheless, I mean, not having sports, I think, has helped this cause tremendously because what happens is when Kaepernick, it, when he kneeled, you know, regardless of whether you feel like that was the appropriate way of doing it or not, that was a peaceful protest mm-hmm. right yeah. and Good. all we wanted to focus on is how that disrespected the flag and then you know again whether or not that's a valid concern that's not the argument i'm making here what i'm making is that became a business decision right that became biz- that that was the nfl then had to make a decision about whether they wanted to continue to allow that type of stuff because it could hurt their bottom dollar their bottom you know but now there is none of that There is no financial loss right now because of this outside of the rioters and and the anarchists who are trying to pin this stuff on people that are that, you know, again, we talk about the microcosm, everything being focused on it. There's 10 rioters to uh, 20 million peaceful protesters. Let's Mm -hmm. let's also think about it from that perspective. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. But all of that, you know, we think about it from that perspective. I think sports not being here has allowed people to focus on this for what it really is, and that is systemic racism that exists. And I think that if any, and and I know we've already got one dislike, and I know it's going to happen because we're talking about things that are very, you know, uh, has a lot of tension involved with it. But what I will say is we have no choice but to look inward right now. We can't have somebody else. The NFL has no way of telling us. We have no commentators who are able to tell us what's going on. This is simply us being able to make our own opinions and seeing what's going on in the world. And if any, I, and I'm not going to say every. Yeah, we're person not going to lose any
3: sponsors. Don't worry. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm
2: not gonna. I'm not going <laughs> to say that every white person that's listening. But I can. I I can tell you, a majority of the white people listening know a family member or a close friend. That is racist, right? And 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 maybe doesn't go out there and wear the 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 cap and gown, right? They they don't go out there with the hood. But right. that's because we're in a society where you can't live and actually be successful. You know what's doing even worse, CK?
3: Is that what? I guarantee you, everybody knows someone who's racist that doesn't think they are. <laughs> exactly. No, that's the that's, real, that's the, like, issue is, the, or not the real issue. I keep saying that. I don't need to quantify all these things, but it's a very important issue is that a lot of people who throw stones or are talking about people casting stones throw the biggest stones and they don't even know it. You know, it's just like, yeah, yeah. oh my God. Yes. They desegregated schools and it was worse for you. The white girl in a very privileged neighborhood than this poor other person who had just been stomped on by society. You know, that's what the point is like this mm-hmm. is like the real is there are so many, it's kind of like the, it's the running joke where it's like, well, you got one black friend, right? Well, you're not a racist. Is that kind of thing? Yeah. Is that right. those are almost the most dangerous, not that, I saw. I read this book once about the Greensboro stuff in the sixties. It's a very complicated book, (laughs) but what he said was this: is he just said like Greensboro was a very progressive town for a long time for black people. They had like a strong economic force. They had all of this, but they were turned out to be the slowest to desegregate because they kind of like hung their hat on like, well, we're the good white people. (laughs) you know (laughs) and so I mean, there's all of these things it's so complicated
4: Uh, that's why you just gotta be kind
3: to people man and you know what we can't fix the transgressions of the past but all I can do is this is I open the door for someone who walks in front of me what they look like I don't care I mean I guess you could say I implicitly do care but I'm gonna try not to you know is that this I'm gonna give I'm gonna help this person on the road, if their tires busted and I'm not going to, I'm going to try to just help my fellow man as much as I can and raise my kids to not be
4: assholes. So uh, I wanted to say, uh, you know, kind of one more thing about this. I promise we'll talk football at some point, (laughs) Uh, but one of the things that like, it's tough. And we were even talking about this before the show, like, you know, and I kind of touched on this a little bit too. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, what sports network show you turn on. Everyone's having to, you know, talk about this because this is the most uh, pressing thing that's happening in our nation. Yeah. And it might not be right. And there's zero
3: sports. Right. Zero.
4: And and there's zero sports. So it's like, you know, and and again, this is like when uh, when LeBron James, uh, you know, someone told him to shut up and dribble and, and just stick to basketball. Like, yeah, I can get it, and you you might come to a podcast or a sports show like this for a distraction to get away from everything going on in the world. but and then you realize that the people that you're looking for or that you're looking towards for the distraction, they also live in that real world that you're trying to get away from, that we're everyone's part of trying it. to figure. We're yeah, part everyone's of it. a part of this real world. So it's like, listen, no one wants to be talking about these things right now. We all wish that we were in a world where George Floyd was still alive. You know, the coronavirus, uh, all this horse shit isn't going on. But, like, that's just the reality of the world that that we live in. I mean, you talk about the good and the bad. Uh, and that's what we do on this podcast, too. We don't ever bullshit you. You know, when uh, with David Tepper, we, we've talked about his good qualities and bad qualities. We do that with players. Was this player playing good or playing like shit? Was it on the coaches or was Dante Jackson just out there being a bonehead? You have to be honest about all these things that are going on and that are happening. And we're all figuring it out in real time, Mm -hmm. you know? So the conversation is good. You have to have these conversations sometimes. They're not fun to have all the time. You'd rather be doing other shit, but it, it is what it is, you know. Like, and, uh, yeah, I think we said yeah, that a lot with
3: the Kaepernick stuff, right? And and that's the kind of point is it's like you're uh, it's, you're
4: muted, Tony. Oh. You're muted. It's uh, it's
3: like you know, that's it, It's not. Uh, I think you put it very well, Cody. And that is this is that. Look, that's why we do this podcast. Actually, is for our own kind of retreat, right? i got a job yeah. i got three kids i got a wife i got all of these things i got this yard all this shit that i don't need to be doing a podcast but one of the great things about the pandemic that revealed to me is like my, my wife's like oh you don't ever want to hang out with your friends you know and she's like trying to organize this shit i'm like don't even do this i don't want to be you know i'm like oh, <laughs> And I go this. I you know what that, is I do hang out with my friends every Tuesday night. Like,
4: don't make plans for me. Shit. Right? Like, I it's just like, them,
3: this is what I do to get away, right? So I understand that. But you're right. We live in this world just like we can't we can't extract those Panther players from the discussion from those protests that were in Raleigh. We can't extract society and politics from each other, but we can try to focus on football. So let's turn that discussion to what what is there to talk about? Eli Apple. I think a fantastic (laughs) signing. Actually, I'm on the Eli Apple train. I think this is great. I think it continues to tell us that this team, while we have been a little concerned about some of the moves and I don't want to bring back the discussion we just had for 49 minutes, but, you know, like Eric Reed was a player who was a big contributor to our team. We have mixed feelings about how good he is. I really thought he was good, and sometimes I wasn't the same. But my point being is this is like you see some of the moves, and you're like, eh, I don't know. To, eh. But there is a certain consistency to the Carolina Panthers plan, and that is to get younger, younger, younger. There may be only like one or two players that are above 30 years old on the Carolina Panthers team, and I like this idea of Eli Apple, a player who does come from a good pedigree, a former first-round draft pick. I'm not going to rest his laurels on this, on that, but I will say he was a contributor to that New Orleans Saints defense, and I don't care if people want to marginalize that as a role player, nickel player, a third corner. They re-signed him after the trade year, and that speaks a little bit. I think we may get a guy who could potentially not, uh, I think is a viable starter from day one, A, but maybe could be better than people expect. Wow, was that too excited? Greg, your (laughs) laugh made it sound like I was on too much of a pitch man campaign.
5: Well, well, I was just thinking about you describing that, and that may be just what gets us that sixth win and wins me that bet. Oh, <laughs> that's where the laugh <laughs> came from. Oh, my but goodness. I, I, I did want to say that the cool, this Google Meet is actually pretty cool because there's an option to turn on closed captions. So when Tony speaks, it, it t- transcribes everything you say, yeah. actually, when everybody speaks, and I can't pull my eyes away from it. <laughs> like, I have to read what you're saying while I'm listening to how, it.
3: It's how close reading. is it to the words I am saying? Uh,
5: it's pretty uh, close. Yeah, about a sec maybe a second off. No,
3: they yeah, had translation
2: though. Yeah, no, they're typically. What does it do when
3: spinal? I do M When I
5: said
2: it's-
3: Rosa Parks and M in the same sentence. Say it. Uh it No, I'm M- not saying it it's not- again. It's it, already M-, made comma the thing.
5: M comma E R. Or E F R. M comma Effer okay. is what it said. All
3: right. But is it just, like saying just, anything that's not true? Like when I say Apple, does it say like, Arangelo oh, or something? No, it, it's pretty. It's pretty good.
5: Like it's way better than the text to speech on the or speak to text on the phone. Okay, for that's sure. for
4: damn sure. Hey, can I just uh, tell everyone the funniest Eli Apple story real quick? Please, uh, when he when he was still playing with with the, uh, the New York Giants and that Tim was a dumpster fire for a long time, uh, they were asking him a question. And it's like Apple just out of nowhere, the reporters are talking to him, and he's like, I gotta take a shit. <laughs> 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 and then the turns and walks off and goes to, and goes I, to, hey, I,
3: I feel you, my man. I feel you. Oh I just, no. Uh, I
5: feel uh, like
6: I, you it's, know, not,
4: um, it, it's not in the slightest way relevant to football, but I thought uh that's a story worth telling.
3: His mom is pretty active on social media. Like she, what? I was on this radio show because I go on every week. I've told you guys about it. Sports Bar, Clip Brock, Pirate Radio, 92.7. They just got the FM station, twelve. Pirate Radio 1250. But, uh, you know, he was talking about, Eli, you know, he's like, he didn't even, so he's not a Panthers fan. He's a Redskins fan. He had just heard of Eli kind of as a, you know, just because you heard of him with the trade and some different things. The Panther fans Mm -hmm. are a little bit more in tune to him because I think that he was seriously in consideration that year for the draft. I felt like I was more familiar with him than usual, right, as a prospect. And uh, so his mom, though, is very outspoken in social media. And he recognized her more than Eli. And it made me think of Mike Tolbert. You know, Mike Tolbert, I railed him on this podcast for being this big, fat power back that can't get two inches in a fourth and one. And his Uh mom tweeted me one day, Mama Tolbert came after me. Because this, and it's the truth, I will say this to Mike Tolbert's face, is for your size and that bowling ball look, you're you're not really that great in fourth (laughs) and short, man. You are better when you get a little momentum. You're better when you get in the open field and give Eric Reed a concussion. You're better when you get it three yards behind the line of scrimmage. He just never, I'm telling you, look up Mike Tolbert's. Short yard com- like conversion rate. I know it's terrible, and I'll tell. And then
4: it, it was so weird because then he would have these weird like agility moments where he'll like catch a pass and yeah. dance into the yeah. End. He's so the I'm dancing like, bear. He's like yeah, the Grateful Dead
2: dancing bear. Out there. Yeah,
4: the dancing bear. Yeah, he even went I to the Bills
2: that. and he had a, a really good run in the snow, man. He had one of the best yeah. like plays. You guys remember that when he just bowled over some guys up there in Buffalo? Yeah. yeah.
3: He needs he's like a locomotive. He needs a little time. Mm-hmm. So how get about how, steam going?
4: How about how about this though? Do we I mean, okay. Do any of us feel better about our secondary? Like I remember telling yeah. you when I when like when I mentioned uh like there's a chance that Troy Pride, uh one of the guys that we just drafted, would be one of our starting corners outside of Dante, like that that Scare you so now that we have a veteran like i mean do you feel better about it because well calling a veteran the fans,
3: is is a little generous right he's 26 yeah he's, yeah, he's 26 and he's kind of one of those guys who was drafted with a lot of expectations mm-hmm. um did not initially meet those expectations but again, I think Cody pointed out this is important. The Giants were a, a damn mess at the time, right? So maybe you're talking about a guy who needed a little polish, who could have used a, like, a good structure or something in his rookie year. And then you come into that dumpster-ass fire of the New York Giants. Remember the guy with the slick back hair? The What was his name? God, they were such a... Jeremy Shockey. No, the coach, the coach, uh, the coach that was just—he looked like a seventy porn star, you know. And it was just like the
4: team was McAdoo, all in just, dis- Yeah, Ben McAdoo, ben McAdoo yep. and they had yeah, yeah, their yeah, yeah, stupid Yeah, yeah, it was just
3: so awful. And then Eli yeah. Apple got suspended for tweeting from the sidelines <laughs> during a game. So I think that, so that kind of started his, like, so I, the way I see it is this, is he could be a gym that needed structure and polish, some pressure in the right ways, but he got traded to the saints for a fourth and a seventh. And I think it's important to say this is the saints have tried to push their chips a little bit in the last couple of years. They have not just sat around and said, let's see how it goes. They've kind of tried to make some moves to make that defense better in the last moment. They've made some in-season moves. They have done the finagling that they always do. And one of those was the Eli Apple trade. Okay, it's a trade. It helps you this year. They re-signed him after that. They got him on another year contract. And I think that says something. It's like we thought this guy was a positive contributor to our defense, which the the New Orleans Saints defense has been much improved, and we know they're in financial disarray because, like, they got Drew Brees, they got Michael Thomas, they got a sign Kamara. Eli Apple is the typical salary cap cut. I don't think he's going to make us great... But'm I'm, ha- I'm happy to have a guy that's over six foot that has played in the NFL before yeah, and maybe could play his way into a contract.
5: Well, the re- the only reason why I think you might be over excited about this is because like you said, it is good that they traded for him and they signed him to a one- year deal. But they signed him to a one-year deal after that contract was over, right? Like one-year deal. Money, but,
3: they never have any money, Greg. They never have any money for players. I, I like understand,
5: that. but if he was worth it, wouldn't you think that they would invest some money into him? I mean, how do you know they didn't just sign him to a one-year deal to be a stopgap? And that's not what we're doing as well. Yeah, I'm not to, saying it's going to be terrible.
4: And to, echo, so, to echo Greg's sentiment, uh, he led uh, the the he was on the Saints the past two seasons in a row, right? So, uh, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, so, yeah, two yeah, years ago. Yeah, well, he, he joined at, them
3: maybe mid season and then played another right, season. Right. It, right.
4: Uh, and, and all the time he was with the Saints, he led the team in penalties.
5: Oh.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not
5: saying he can't be good. I'm really not. He, he could be a very good pickup. I just, I just, I'm not as optimistic about you because I feel like if he's as good as we feel like you feel like he might be why would they even worry about letting him go why would not you just sign him again let me can i
3: put a kind of uh what is it where they where you got to put a like like a exception on what i'm saying like this caveat caveat Caveat. thank you thank you is that i'm not saying he's gonna all of a sudden be a damn man-ass corner Right, like all of a sudden he's going to be like this guy that we're going to get for the next five years. Right. But it would be, look, he's got an opportunity to come in here and start. Right? You think it's um, an improvement, obviously. I would say this is it's a body that's not old. Okay. That has played reasonably well in the NFL. I'm going to say it's going to make us really it's, – it's making us better more than it's making us worse.
6: Yeah.
3: Okay, I can live with that.
4: I mean, whatever, man. He he said whatever, man. You must think nothing nothing of Eli Apple, Can we? Can we also towards us, bro?
2: Here's what I'll say, though. Here's the thing that I'll I'll point out. I feel like this is uh, an indicator that there is not a intentional will to tank. Right, six wins. Right, Right. that it's not an intentional tanking year. I think that do I think we're going to do well? No, but it's there is not an intention of tanking. If it was the case, why sign a guy like him for one year? Uh, also, right?
5: if if you were planning on tanking, wouldn't that be what you would have wanted to look like? Because we're not intending on tanking this
3: year. I mean, but
5: yeah, you're I right.
4: mean, it really, it really, that'd be the. I think we can tank, tank this with this time because yeah, it's like dude. CPG, like C-PG
3: says a it's just depth. I say bullshit. I say it's not just depth. I bet you Eli Apple starts
2: day one. No. Oh, Apple, yeah, he a, would, a, he's he's gonna be a starter.
4: Yeah, he is one hundred percent the opposite corner of Dante of, Jackson. Uh, of Dante Jackson, if Dante starts, a right. Well, we'll I mean, see. that would mean that would mean a young guy would have to usurp him. And Either I don't know way, it's
3: saying. gonna suck. I I I want Dante to become a player. I hope this narrative of him being immature is unreasonable. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that they get, he gets with people that instill, maybe put some new leadership in, a, in there. Um, sometimes people respond to different types of encouragement.
0: You right. give
3: a, um, you give Dante an encouragement that his mistakes are sort of from over-enthusiasm. It might well, change his that- attitude from it being like, you're shitting on me to like, you know, maybe we can get... Because I believe we saw him play very, very well. And the yeah. NFL sort yeah. of has this tendency to just give up on people very quickly. And, well, I, and- I hope he can ch- prove this stupid narrative wrong. Or not
4: well, stupid, I- this narrative. Like- Look at what you were saying with Eli Apple and how the Giants were a dumpster fire. You know, like sometimes I, I, I kind of feel bad for, I definitely feel bad for DJ. I feel bad for uh, for Curtis Samuel and I feel bad for Dante Jackson. So like those guys. Tired the, of the, y'all's Curtis Samuel's
3: crying, man.
4: The, the guy, dude, Samuel. don't start. I will, I will, not right now, Tony Dunn, not right now. But that I that all those guys that were brought in at that period where Cam was in this health limbo and they kind of haven't really been in the best situation. It's like one of the things that we kept on saying last year was like, well, is Luke playing bad or is it just everyone around him is right, playing bad? Right, Who, but like, they just, they were, right. But then he fucking retires, and you're like, well, then we can't tell. Every football player. So it's like, yeah, no shit. Dante Jackson is discouraged. Being on this football team, you know what I mean. Like, there's a uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot of reasons why uh, the Panthers were not a good team, and you know.
2: And uh, going back,
3: time, see, uh, Cody, going back to the what was that Amazon show? Like, yeah, uh, a little bit. Yeah, the, like I know that the people have said, like, he's not. Like, look at this; these guys are trying to mentor him, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I really believe it entirely. Like you might show that one little clip of them doing that.
2: I mean, he does seem to take exception to it, you know. After, <clears throat> that. Uh, yeah, Dante he does Jack. not. Yeah,
3: he did not like that. But we were missing some important people in that lock in that photo. Where was James yeah, Bradbury we- in that? Where was Ross Cockrell? Like we only very saw this like two guys.
2: James or, or, or Mike Adams and then and Eric Reed. Reed
3: and Mike Mentor and not Mike Mentor. Uh, Mike, uh, who was the guy that also was fighting with the coaches then? Little dude. He played nickel corner for oh, us. Uh, Captain, uh, Captain uh, Munerlin.
4: Yeah, uh, Captain how, how can we forget Cap? So, uh, but
3: what I'm saying is this is that. Like that is a snapshot into the moment, but where is the real mentors? You know, is there a real mentorship behind that? Is it just like, and we have always been critical of Ron's coaching staff and their ability to get guys, get more out of them. And maybe that's where the Matt rule. Hype is all about. Is like mm-hmm. you know what? Is that like Ron Rivera can't work with Dante Jackson. He needs Captain Munnerlyn to talk him off the ledge. Well, Matt Rule staff, they can get more out of that. Maybe that's the real storyline.
4: Yeah, uh, I'm I'm hopeful, uh, especially knowing that Matt Rule has turned around college programs like. You have to get young men to be motivated and play football, you know, and that's what the coach does. And uh, I mean, again, man, like it, it feels like we've been talking about Matt Rule forever and a day. Matt. I know we, we haven't, haven't even yeah.
3: seen him coach. No, oh, we have No,
4: we haven't oh, seen shit, man. Not a I single know, person dude. has
2: been able to actually do a press conference about him yet. Like that's yeah. Like, think about it from that perspective. Like these guys, there hasn't been a press conference. Yet, I mean, outside of the Zoom uh, things that they did, I'm just ready. So we we've we they've officially announced that Spartanburg is not going to be the training camp location this year because of everything going on. Is it going to be at the practice bubble? Is that the game? Is,
3: so is the practice heard. is the practice facility done yet? The one they're building in the, South Carolina? No, it can't no, 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 no. That's like, a, that's like a
2: that's like a four year project. All here. right,
3: all right, so. I heard there was some, some rumors crazy. that they were going to go to that place in West Virginia that the Saints go to, the Greenbrier. Well, so you know yeah, why Greenbarn. they're doing
4: this, right? This is all from they're saying all teams if you travel for your training camp you're not allowed to. So since the 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 Panthers their main you know their headquarters is still yeah their headquarters is here in Charlotte, so they can't even go what not even an hour and a half 2 hours down the Is road Is that
3: good? Maybe they get like a private training camp right in the bubble.
4: I don't, don't know. Know. i tell I'll tell you what though man if they're able to uh I've never been to a Panthers training camp. If they sports, have it in Charlotte yeah, I'm going
3: awful.
6: Yeah
4: dude it, yeah I'll I'll meet you there man we'll fucking make it a day that would be cool if yeah, they dude. do it here. Uh I kind of hope that, that they do
3: do it. Here do you want me to now, give you the rundown you. of what training camp is like uh-huh. in Spartanburg, homie? It's very no. simple. Hot, hotter than Satan's Oh, asshole. it is so hot and humid, always. And I'm from this, the South and the East. Like, we're kind of like it is. But for some reason, every time we're at training camp, it's just like more hot and humid than it should be. The other thing that's bizarre about training camp. Is that you expect like when you think of practices like pro people like or people like, like a you practice.
2: think ten hours? Yeah, right. You like, think of
3: all of this stuff. Yeah, you think of this. We're going to do the same thing. So like, I coach my kids' basketball team. It's like we're going to do layups and then oh over again, 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 layup practice. <laughs> so, yeah, we're practicing in a NFL training camp. They go out there. It is an hour and 30 minutes or something like that. It's very short. Might even be less than that. It's like crazy. Maybe two hours. To, it's two hours tops, but it'll be like, if you watch them work with the wide receivers, they run one route, one time, each of them. And then they move on to the next thing. It is the least. <laughs> pr- it's so that's when you realize how professional these dudes are. Is that we think these dudes are game planning so much and installing all this shit. They are a little bit. But when you watch it in practice, you're like, damn, these mugs are professional stuff. Is that no wonder that kid didn't make the team. They only taught you to run the (laughs) round one time. You missed the conversation. You off the team. It's insane. I say maybe it'll make it better. To practice without the fans, but do not practice at Wofford. It is horrendous.
4: I mean, dude, anywhere you go from North Carolina all the way down to Georgia, it's hot as hell, dude. Oh, it's, uh, m- hey, it's not the heat. Man. It's, it's not the heat. It's the humidity, Yo. and it will kill you. Uh, yeah, it's it's abusive, and dude, my my. Flesh is like paper. I mean I, I burn like 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 paper. So I've I seen, seen it. it. I've yeah, seen I know. it. There's video evidence of it on this very podcast. Uh Look, that one. No, look like a
3: strawberry with a beard.
5: Dude, I, I
4: looked like a radioactive crawfish. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it's that's dude, and that's what happens, bro. Like, Wearing a Spider Man and it doesn't matter where. And you, go. you were
3: right, ass in the sun the whole time. Like it wasn't dude. even like that's the thing is they paraded your ass right on. The, they might as well put a magnifying glass in front of where you're sitting. <laughs>
4: Yeah, where I, where I was sitting too. Yeah, just straight in like, the it, sun. It, it, it crept up on you because, like, it wasn't really, really hot, hot before. There was cloud cover, but man, those clouds went away, and holy! Everybody fuck. was burned, it, but you were I, a lobster. Yeah, I, I, I,
5: do. I, I do want to bring up a good point about us, like, kind of raving about the training camp not being in war, uh, the warford yeah. well, because of the Warford, uh, because South of the uh, temperature warford. you know where are they going to practice that in in charlotte i think uh who is it david warren says it in the in the, uh chat he says charlotte's like 12 minutes north of there where, where where are they gonna like is it gonna be that much different right that's uh, a good know.
3: question that's a fantastic <laughs> question so a lot of that's like, a that's a really good point so a lot of people uh, think and believe that you could take this to like boone Right, so you could try to upper elevation. Okay. An hour from there, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, like, and you get the elevation as a little bit as a help there. Like what? Like practice an app or something? Yeah, like yeah. Skate? I mean, look, I okay. had I heard one guy talking on the radio, and he said there's this high school that has facilities that are comparable to D1 schools. Why don't you go there? Like, and it was like in the middle of the mountains. But we've heard the Greenbrier. In fact, I know that, that has they've reached out to the Panthers, and that's in West Virginia in the mountains. So, yeah, it's like moving. But for some reason, Spartanburg, which is actually a cool, fun, they got like a fun little town. Like, it's fun. Like, I have a good time yeah. there. Oh, yeah. But for some reason, it's kind of like Columbia, South Carolina as well. Columbia is just like the hottest place. In the, it's it's just not. It's hotter than it should be.
2: It's oddly hot. Like yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of the like like you talk about like yes, there is very short like not. I'm not going to say very short, but is Spartanburg is not a tremendous distance from Charlotte. But there is a difference. Like for, if you go from Spartanburg to Charlotte, there is a big difference in the actual. Uh, the the heat difference
3: on that um, day
2: right like on yeah.
3: this day in history we would be like it's yeah. way hotter in Spartanburg
2: yeah I mean and you talk to the the players they everybody talks about how hot Spartanburg is they want to get back to Charlotte it, it, it may not be that far of a drive but there are certain places in in this on this continent that are hotter than others and there's not necessarily an explicit you know there's probably some scientific explanation <clears> but you know it, it, as far as like geographically speaking it doesn't make a lot of sense
3: and the players you know the players hate it because they make them live in a dorm
2: yeah
5: right
3: Aww. it's like well, I always thought that you mean
5: for, so for two weeks stuff. you got to live in a dorm and make what minimum what's the minimum for right squad? but like is it necessary Aww, poor guys.
3: I, I mean we could say poor poor but is, is it just necessary like why the wouldn't part of you it... just have it in Charlotte and like Great. why well, couldn't also, you just oh, sleep oh, in your also, own bed
4: Let's also bring up the, the the absurdity that the only reason why we were ever even doing it at Wofford was because With, that's where Jerry Richardson went right, to college. Yes. Like, right. yes. Like, as, I'm sure it had to sound yeah. like a
3: Carolina thing, too. Yeah. You know? and, 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 and he and, slept yeah. so, in a dorm and he went to training camp in 9000 degrees. And he grabbed girls butts. Mm-hmm. You yeah. want butt. everybody to be a foot rubber. Huh? Like,
4: Greg, I understand what you're saying. Like these dudes are millionaires. Or I mean not all of them, but a lot of them are making ridiculous amounts of money. Who cares <laughs> right. if it's who cares if it's two weeks? My my thought of it is like this though. Like are other teams having to do this, like college dorm, bunk bed bullshit. Like do so, imagine if you worked yeah. for the team, like I you would just want to be Comfortable man, being able to go your own well, home, like you don't need bed. to, like, yeah, you don't need to, to be the Marriott, but like, why well, just
6: sleep in, in your
5: own bed? Well, no, we're not, not boy scouts, but dude, I'm I'm saying you got guys in the military that are making twenty eight thousand dollars a year, to spend three months out in the field. Come on, seriously, like, you can spend if you're if you're making right, right, right here. How about this? this what year, if I you made you two weeks in a dorm room, great, just air conditioning, you get meals. Come on.
3: What if we could, what if there was an ability for you to do your job in the military and they were like, no, like you could sleep over here in this like regular house and they were like, no, you're in the military. You got to sleep outside in the tent. Like, is it necessary? I'm not saying that other people don't do shit that that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying what they're asking them to do is crazy. Is it necessary? Is the question.
4: And then... Right. They can do it, but should they be? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, What's and wrong with here the is, is that like, if like, we
3: really want to talk about the pussification of training camp, let's not talk about where they're sleeping. Let's talk about the two-a-days. Let's talk about people breaking, freaking, giving people concussions in practices. They used to full-on tackle... So, like, if we're really worried about what bed they sleep in, we should be talking about what they're doing on the field. They ain't tackling. They're wearing these little hats. That's like this and that. It's all like
4: it's so. It's a, like You're calling them bitch. It's so bitch. Yeah, <laughs> you, make it, you make it sound like it's just a bitchy thing. It's. It's true though, and here yeah slapping each other's asses. yes, it's true because back. I've
3: talked to here let's go back because I got this secret hidden archive on the <laughs> c three Panthers podcast. It's called where's that cat now i've talked about I've talked with about six players. The most notorious story is I had one of the best conversations a I've ever had in my life. It went on for like an hour and a half with Mike Mentor. And it only recorded my side of the conversation. It's the most embarrassing moment in my whole life. But I've talked with several former players (laughs) who played in the 90s. And they were beating each other's asses on that field. You know, like, I mean, breaking jaws, giving... So, look... Is like, yeah, could it be like, oh, these poor guys, they get to sleep in the dorm. But like, hey, they don't even tackle in practice anymore. So give them their damn Marriott.
5: So, but, so we're going to make it so easy. We might as well just make it, you know, even easier. How
3: about we just make it free? Like free, free America. Like if you can make it to practice at 10 a.m., I don't give a just hell be there. where yeah. you sleep. But, but look, yeah, you can know, sleep day- on day- that. Wood mallet, that wood pallet over there, or you can sleep with your wife tonight.
5: David Warren in the chat has the same kind of sentiment I think about about this. And he's saying a two week training camp should be like boot camp. You're exactly right. You're supposed to separate yourself from the world for two weeks to focus on this. You get woken up, you have a bed to sleep in, you have facilities to work out in, you have food. I, I guarantee you they are not hurting by any means. They probably have yeah, they more bring money their in the dorms and, and training camps than they do in hotels. Oh, yeah. You, you see those guys bring in you know, some so, crazy stuff when they that's go That's a young. good point. Yeah, that's I mean, what I'm saying. So I, I mean, it, it, you that. know, I think that's a better team building exercise. Is separate yourself from the world for two weeks.
3: Okay. Don't focus so on then, the how team, about we do you know? that in the mountains of Colorado or the? <laughs> I agree. Of, we, we should do you know, <laughs> like, like, why do we got to yeah. do that in this <laughs> dor- college dormitory, where they're trying to get classes ready in two weeks?
2: How would you, how would you feel about if they did something like that? They went to the mountains of Colorado. Would you want? I mean, I almost would see that as an opportunity to plan a vacation.
3: What if they did, like, what if they said this, team-building exercise, we're going to Carolina Panthers go to Alaska and try to become gold miners. It will make you the strong. Or join the French Foreign Legion for eight years or, or
2: ice road truckers.
3: <laughs> That's good. That was very good. yeah I mean like is that what it is is it meant to like be this moment like where we break you and build you up is that what training camp is I I think so I
5: really
2: do I mean don't read the NFL not training you know training practice training come when you want to if you can make it don't read the NFL
3: PA then if you want it to be like that Mike Leach Hmm. can't stuff nobody in a closet to teach them a lesson wasn't that Mike Leach that did that in Texas Tech or whatever? Got yeah, in trouble. Um, you, know, and, you know, there's a lot of those horror stories out there.
5: Well, adding to that kind of thing that I was saying about separating for two weeks is, is a big part of, of a successful team is brotherhood and camaraderie. And, you know, you look at all the successful teams that make it to the you know Super Bowl or deep in the playoffs yearly, they have a great team chemistry. Look at the Panthers in 2015. We, you know, by far didn't have the most talent in the league, you know. <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination but we were confident and we had camaraderie and that's the kind of stuff you're trying to build in training camp i think you know all right you, so you if find it's out- a
3: team building so. exercise i'm all for it yeah right like so if that's like the thing is like but maybe it's not a college dormitory we need mm. to do that like let's okay. put them on paris island then
5: so you'll send your kids to live in a college dormitory, but you won't—you wouldn't let an NFL player stay there for two weeks.
3: No, I'm not saying don't You're let right. them. Is maybe it's just not the best place. Maybe it's not even a. If that team building, masculine exercise is so important, then let's make it tougher. Let's send them to Paris Island. <laughs> I mean, is that Paris what? Island? Where where the Marines go? Where do the Marines go to chance?
4: I mean, I yeah, have a few. It's Paris Island.
3: I think that's where their boot camps are.
4: Angel to Island. Send them, is. send them to Guantanamo. Right, right. Like, yeah, if yeah, that yeah, is see what see is meant to yeah, do. Let's see how tough it really gets out there. Yeah. I mean, well,
5: I'm like, not saying that, but Chinese Guantanamo prison. Bay, and then, I mean, that's a far stretch from a dorm room in <laughs> a college. I mean, right, come on. Now. But why don't we just do it somewhere else?
4: That's why I'm putting now. Lock their asses up when they're not on the training camp. I don't when think. Not well, on the field.
3: I think our point is this, or my point, Greg, is, is like, it's not that it's too, like, Spartan. It's not like the conditions are too Spartan. For Spartanburg, there's some irony there. No. Right. It's just the fact is this is like, why can we do the same thing in the not hottest fucking place on the planet? I get that. Get that. Like, let's do that at West Virginia's college, then.
2: Okay. I'm cool with it. I'd See, definitely go to that one. Yeah.
5: See, I can agree with you on the moving because of the temperature. I disagree about moving because of the conditions. It's so miserable. But, you
3: know... So miserable. Like, and they always hold practices right in the middle of the sun. It's like, when can we find the hottest
2: part of the day?
3: We'll do it. <laughs> Here's the I thing,
2: w- though. If they headed up here at Greenbrier... You guys would be able to how come up close is purpose? that
3: to you how close is that
2: um here I'll tell you give me a second
3: I wanted to point this out I want to ask this question I'll start with Cody as CK looks that up do you think there's any advantage in having this kind of young youthful coaching group right Joe Brady Matt rule right the younger generation more familiar with technology this type of thing You know, we talk about the experience that the old hats have and the understanding they have with the game, but are they behind the eight ball a little bit, i.e. Ron Rivera? Do you think maybe there's something to that these younger, more technologically integrated coaching staffs may be able to adapt to this climate a little bit better than the old hats?
4: Oh, yeah. Uh, dude, uh, especially because you know Ron Rivera didn't know his way around the computer at all. <laughs> like, you, you know that someone had to help him uh, do shit around the computer. But listen, dude, when you have a set of young coaches and we're doing all of this, you know, because of Corona, everyone's doing the online meetings now. Like, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy that not even for technology's sake or purpose, just the the fact that we have young coaches um, uh, that are coming into this for the first time with all these young players, everyone's new to it, so everyone can kind of learn on the fly together, rather than it being this process of Ron Rivera trying to now figure out how to do a training camp that's not at Wofford and, and all these His other stale ass
3: powerpoints.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that power called. and commitment. I feel power we're to and commitment. we <laughs> innovative here, and I, I I feel like our coaches it's it's gonna and, and listen, man. And I know there'll be a of fans that disagree. That's why I don't really care if this next season it'll be tough to go through. But even if we're terrible next season, like this is a learning year for everyone. So if you're gonna have a bad year, it might as well be this one. But just because we have so many new players, we have so many new coaches. Uh, it's a uh, no, you're Greg. You think I'm just talking about wanting the quarterback? You, I'm you, you can't
5: even say it without smiling. <laughs> no,
4: <'cause I'm> There's <laughs> like there are two other and we might as well get a franchise quarterback out of it, regardless of if it's Trevor. And even if, it, and even if, but like what you're saying, though. If we end up being a six-win team, six-win, seven-win, like, I don't know, man. Maybe that's a sign of, uh, you know, good things to come. But maybe it's also a
6: (laughs) –
4: Well, I I know. That's what I'm saying, though. It's like that (laughs) perpetual mediocrity and having – like just missing out on the the pick that you want in the draft because you've won a few too many pointless games, you know. Like, that's why right right now I have no idea what this team is going to be this year. But uh, I don't think that they have a ton of pressure on them because it's hard to put expectations on this 2020 team.
5: Look, I have my win-loss record from a few weeks ago when we were writing down who was going to win-loss. So I saw that earlier. I was like,
3: oh, okay. So look, this is like the seventh thing that Greg has highlighted during this show that says – Tony, you sound a lot like a six win guy. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Now I'm talking about the adapt adaptability, adaptability, adaptability of younger coaches versus older coaches in the COVID climate. I don't know. I don't know what it's gonna do with things, is that these teams I'm kind of interested in like what does that look like? I wonder what what they're doing right now. You know, they always tell us we're working hard. Things are going great. I hear it for every program. I hear it at the ECU, like Mm -hmm. any program. Like, what are you going to say? Well, we've been frustrated today. (laughs) I mean, I don't don't think it's going to work
2: out this year, guys.
3: (laughs) It's going great for every team in the NFL. I wonder what it really is like. You know, like I wonder if anybody has
2: a conversation within their organization that's like, I don't, I don't know how we're doing this.
5: I got, I don't get it. Let me ask you: How many teams do you think realistically in the year go in before the preseason starts, like going through training camp, thinking we have a shot to make a push for a Super Bowl this year? Like, like percentage wise, thirty-two teams. Yeah, I say there's probably let's say thirty percent. I would say that yeah, I'd say there's probably about eight teams that, that realistically go into a season and say,
2: Okay, I've got a shot to win a Super Bowl this year. I don't I think it's much higher than that. I think when you think about coaches and the pedigree that they come from, I think that there is um a much higher expectation of success. I think mm-hmm. that they believe that they have the capability to build a team up. I'm not saying that realistically point. they have a Very shot. Good point. But I think that they, I think they, ha- they can't do that job and not believe they have a shot. That's just not reality. Like, okay. you know, it, it just uh, again, and that is simply my opinion. There is probably more than I anticipate that come into a season. Like, I don't know how this is going to work. Like, there is, but I, I imagine that if anybody had an opportunity to feel that way, it would have been. Ron Rivera when Kelvin Benjamin tore his ACL that you know in 2015. I know we bring that up a lot, and I'm gonna think I'm gonna make it a resolution to try to avoid bringing 2015 up, just because I think that using that as a as a measuring stick is isn't fair to yeah, anybody. It's like, are we getting
3: tired of it, guys? Yeah, it's so exhausting. Yeah,
2: but but to 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 speak to that, you know, and then but he still was able to pull out a win with no name receivers outside of Greg Olson. Um, a patchwork offensive line where we ended up having to get Michael Orr in. Um, you know, it, it, there was a lot of question marks with that. I mean, I know we still had a defense that was considered good. We had a an unproven at that point, uh, Josh Norman. So we didn't really have a secondary that you would consider was uh high class. I mean, let's be honest. We had Coleman. We had Josh uh, Norman. We had uh Ben Wickery. We had, uh, we had uh, gosh, who yeah, else? We had um, Peanut. Yep. Oh, yeah, Peanut Tillman.
3: Yeah. We got Jared <laughs> Allen that year. You're right. Yeah, maybe a, you should be in the fifth. Maybe it should be higher. Maybe maybe I, you're flipping me the other way is that maybe it's eight out of ten teams think they can yeah. win every year.
2: That's what I feel. Okay. You know, I mean, it, barring the Miami situation last year, the Cincinnati situation last year, Um <laughs> But, I mean, even Cincinnati probably had hope going into the year last year.
5: So so you're kind of on the opposite end. You think there's probably about eight teams that don't go into a season uh-huh. that feel like they, they, they can have a chance to win it, which th- th- could be true. I mean, I, I really have no idea. I'm trying to think about it. I'm going through a division in my head. And, like, NFC East, like, I'm willing to bet the Eagles and the Cowboys both thought they had a chance last year. But the Giants and the uh, – who's the other team in that division mm. – uh, Giants and Redskins, Cowboys, Redskins. Philadelphia, yeah, they probably had no idea, no, no thought they had a chance in the NFC South. I'm willing to bet the Saints thought they had a chance, but I don't think the Falcons, the Panthers, or the uh, Man, we well, had a chance, we had a chance, yeah, we did, yeah, going we into the we season, were, yeah, we, we had Cam we Newton help, we, we thought
3: it was gonna be all yeah. this, and that. So maybe a yeah. half.
5: I can see about half
6: in every
3: okay. division, all right. We, you know yeah. what, the truth lies somewhere in the middle, right. That's what yeah. we've learned tonight. All right, it's the C three Panthers podcast. It's gone on and on and on, and we haven't even done the damn cat calls. I think I have them somewhere in here, guys. Oh, uh, no. oh actually, I do have them. I don't know if I've exported them yet. So you talk for a second while I export this file. <laughs> Wait, actually, have I just Cody carry the show?
4: Yeah. Alright, dude, I'm gonna carry the show with my big ass yeah. biceps. Is, but,
3: you
6: know, yeah. you
3: missed last week. Way. You deserve yeah, to pick fun. up
6: some yeah, man. damn
4: slack. Yeah. Me and Tony yeah. are
2: gonna go take a break. You guys handle it from here. <laughs>
4: All right, dude. Hey, this show is about how about um did you know uh, fire to like the ghost of the foods that you eat? what this is now you sound like Polish hey, you're and sure the,
2: it. You're <laughs> didn't here's how.
3: the C3 Panthers podcast cat calls the number two five two 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 eight. so what are your thoughts 298? on cat calling
2: yeah it's pretty sh- you shouldn't do that to somebody and how <laughs> did that make really? you feel that really? really we did so, so much think better cat than cat calling that last week makes
3: the week? person yeah. feel it feels <laughs>
2: good like <laughs> and a three and a four, and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his
3: loud or something, homie? Sounds good me. Welcome to the
1: No News Carolina. What a crappy
4: place. I said No News Carolina. What a huge disgrace.
3: This is a good call. This is Joey Esquivel. I know it. The the Blind Panther. That's the Blind Panther right there. Joey Esquivel. My man. Alright, next call. I think. I bet you this is going to be Rich. Hi, guys.
7: Rich here in uh, in the UK. Yes, my um, man! I thought last week was slow for Panthers news. A um, couple of things I thought I'd bring up, though. Um, first one was PFF ranked the Panthers wide receivers as the eighth best unit in the NFL. Um, I thought that was wow. something worth noting. It came wow, out that's pretty high. Um, yeah, so there's a bit of hope. Not there. really, in my opinion. Um, and generally... Not too bad. Um, and then the second thing was I heard the Matt Rawls interview on the Around the NFL co- podcast, which you've probably seen or some of you have probably seen. Um, Love that but mark, he actually smoked yes. much better this time. Um, quite like what he had to say. He's clearly all in on Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I will say for Teddy Bridgewater, if he's accurate, that'll help. I mean, he's no cam and I don't think I'll ever forgive the organization for the way they've treated cam. Um, but I'm not an anti-Teddy person. I just think that you know he might might do good things with Curtis and uh, and DJ dropping the ball off to them in the space. If he can make passes, short passes that they run onto. I mean, those guys at full stride running onto the ball where they don't have to stop and they don't have to adjust. I mean, that is something that could be and CMC and Ian and You know, it could be quite exciting. Okay, right. Uh, well, that's enough of the uh, the sport. Um, Can I just wish everybody, I hope you all stay safe and good luck. Um, Obviously, as a big Americanophile and having lived there, and my sister lives in the U.S., I'm acutely aware of everything that's going on. Um, And I'm very concerned that when you're out and about, that that's not just protesting. There's, I think, (laughs) Twitter is revealing some rather dark forces behind some of what's going on. And so, if you do go out there, have a little chat with Nova Black on uh Twitter earlier today and guys just stay safe and, and good luck and i hope i hope the situation resolves itself for the better and That'll probably be in november all right guys take care and i'll uh, check you football next back. Back. Yeah. keep pounding very good very good call. Cool,
3: strong yeah, good. i appreciate strong.
2: that rich i really do man
3: strong call um are you surprised that the panthers receiving core is eighth no not at all what lies Liar. Okay,
4: I'm
6: not. No, I'm not. Dude, I can't.
4: And and we're gonna have this fight about Curtis Samuel one way or the no- or another, right. and it's gonna be brutal, dude. You keep on wanting to shit on Curtis Samuel, but Curtis Samuel has not had the quarterback to be able to get him the football on those stretch plays. I how many think-
2: times have we? How many times have we seen him wide? Open and the ball yeah. is ten and feet over Y'all are over his the head.
3: biggest homers under, in the bro. world. Take that out of you're the The biggest let's, homers in the world. Let,
4: it's let's not look about at being a homer. Let's look it at is. DJ Moore.
2: He was the top ten wide receiver last year. I don't care. I'll
3: tell you with, this. Tyler, listen with to this. Kyle Allen. You guess the teams that
2: are ahead of the Panthers. Guess them. Um, you're gonna have the Bucks. Clearly, all right. Um, I would say, say the Bucks. Uh, you're gonna have I don't know we have the Saints, uh Taequann Smith and everything. Yeah. Um why the, the, then you're gonna have Atlanta. Um Nope. No, nope. Where are they at? LA Rams. Atlanta.
3: This is where this shit is crazy, dude. The thirteenth. LA
2: Rams, Cleveland um, Browns. I'm gonna say Nope. nope. Uh the nope. Tennessee. Nope. Titans.
4: The Kansas City Chiefs have. Yes, oh, no, no, the,
2: the Kansas the,
4: City um, Chiefs,
3: Chiefs. Tyree Kill. Rare speed. This is it. This is the PFF article. I pulled it up. Arizona Cardinals. Nope.
4: Yeah, what?
3: How are the Cardinals, the Cardinals not on there? Cardinals there? are. Hold on. Let me find them. They're twelfth. Come on. Dude, that is, this that is, is all bullshit. Right like, here. Let me here. Let me just read. This is why I like the. That's why I'm the opposite. This is number yeah,
4: This one. Is, is terrible. No listen.
3: Doubt. Listen to this. Number one, Tampa Bay. Number two, Kansas City. Number three is Dallas with yeah. C.D. Lamb they're not, they're not and five, Amari Cooper. Yes. Oh, they got Mike, Michael Gallup, which is a good addition. If they got Gallup him. Well, they had Gallup last year. Oh. Well, not you I thinking it's that? Who's the guy from Detroit? They just picked up
2: C.J. Lam- or C.D. Lamb. You're thinking about uh, Hearn. Hearns, right?
3: Maybe. No, not Hearns. Because yeah, he was there. There's some, oh, all right. So, look. Number four is the Saints. Michael yeah. Thomas, and who else? Oh, uh, Golden Tate. That's who they picked up right Emanuel, now, No, Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. But come uh, on, you're trying to tell uh, me. Too, yeah. You I'm really saying. believe that the New Orleans Saints wide receiver core is better than Atlanta's? I yeah, don't. I wouldn't. No, I don't. I think don't. it's better than Atlanta's. I, I don't. Would I think Julio know. and uh, that guy. That, uh, Calvin uh, Ridley? Yeah. Calvin Ridley, yeah. All right, so here, number five is the Buffalo Bills. All right, all right I'll give you that. Stephon Diggs. Stephon um, oh, Diggs
2: is the only receiver. John on Brown.
3: They got John Brown and Cole
2: Beasley. John, okay. John Brown is nothing like he basically just runs fast. That's yeah, it. John, dude,
3: that this is, is the terrible. guy I was thinking about. This was the Isn't guy that all we're I was saying thinking about Curtis Samuel, though. Kenny Galladay. No. No. Yes, no. I agree. Yeah, I think the thank Panthers. Thank you. you. I'm glad you brought be... Detroit. I go, think I think the Panthers should be like eighteen or nineteen. I'm not no. saying they're bad. I just don't. Here, all right. How about this, the Robbie Detroit, Anderson? <laughs> okay, all right. Good point. Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. That's a great for a Detroit, great right? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And they got Danny Amendola. They then put. I think this is should be higher on the list. To be honest, Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. For the oh, Chargers, yeah, they're seven. Then the Panthers. But listen to this. The Cleveland Browns have Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry. and they're after us? Yeah, but what did they do, though? What
5: What about Seattle? Odell Seattle's is alone. DK Metcalf. <sighs> yeah,
3: then it DK goes Denver out Broncos. Out How about this? Cincinnati Bengals are number 11. Number 12. This is the shame of the century. Is Deon DeAndre's just got shed
2: on uh, by the NFL? But they have Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, um, Christian I think Kirk, talented pass catcher back there too. Christian I Kirk, think Larry's done, name, man. Christian Kirk, that's what it was. All yeah.
3: right, all right, so fine. Larry's done, but here another travesty. Oh, Larry's I done. Hate
5: I think so, man. I just oh, don't no. see him putting up another year. I don't <laughs> see him putting up another phenomenal year. He'll be a solid player. Did but you say, see him
2: you know why his career is continuing to go on is because he, he is one spot. of the smartest players yeah, when it forward. comes to taking hits he doesn't take hits he well does he, not.
5: he also went from the from the X and the y to the slot because exactly. I mean, he, he realized smart. that he was going to extend his career he's very smart he's a phenomenal player I love Larry Fitzgerald yeah, yeah I just feel like this is the year he's he's like Greg Olson was he's solid I'll take him but he's kind of got that dad run. I don't know Dude, how. He's had the well damn run done for it.
3: four years, bro. No. Like I'm yeah. with you, Yeah. Yo.
5: He, he's been great for like 25 years. Yeah, I'm with, you, I'm with that, you, Greg. I'm with you,
4: Because if that wasn't true, they wouldn't have traded for DeAndre Hopkins. That's their right. number exactly.
3: one.
6: Exactly.
4: There you go. That, that's their guy now. So yeah, Larry Fitz is just a role player. They're hoping, but, they and try- that's fine. He's got the best great. hands in the
3: world. Great. He's got the best hands in the world. He runs sharp routes. But the point is this. Don't shit on DeAndre Hopkins. You want to act like Stefan Diggs is the best motherfucker that ever over, walked the I earth? DeAndre, any DeAndre, day I would Stephon take DeAndre day. over Stefan. Day. Any day. Any day. So
5: DeAndre about- Hopkins, I think, is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, I bitch. really do. And
3: people but, but, shat on uh, him last year. They shat all over him. The Houston Texans shat all over him. And the Arizona Cardinals all my got fantasy. a gym. Who
4: made yeah, from
3: him.
4: Who this made is, that list? Yeah, this PFF, PFF. PFF. So here so is. Imagine having the Buffalo Bills, who only have legitimately one good wide receiver right now. And above ran, and, and, the
2: Atlanta Falcons.
4: Above the Falcons, above the Browns, above the Cardinals. What
2: that tells you? Think about this, though. That is. That's basically them saying Stefan Diggs is better than. Uh, Julio Jones. No, that's
5: telling you draft Josh Allen in your false. fantasy league. We know he that's
2: false. You. Like, I would
3: put Stefan Diggs in his prime, again, which we don't even, it might have already been, to be honest. I think we may have seen the, we're at the apex of what Stefan yeah. Diggs is. I mean, I don't th-
2: honestly, I do think Stefan yeah, he's, I good, think he's good, but, but he is Julio
3: a- is a game. He is not Julio, yeah. homie. No, not, not even Diggs. I, He's I like he's Amari maybe. Cooper. That's like saying Amari Cooper and Julio are the same. And it's just not true.
5: Well, you gotta ask yourself, was Stefan Diggs ever even the best receiver on right. his team? Because Adam Thielen is a beast. I know,
3: that's a good point. And how much did he benefit you know, from having Adam
5: they Thielen? Keep, they from kept him. Adam Thielen, you know, so he may not even be the best receiver on his
3: team. He's damn good. Right, right, well, to, yeah, exactly, I feel the same he's not way. not nearly the best in the NFL. Uh, yeah, the I do not feel, I feel like he's very, very good, but I don't know if he's a guy that I would build a franchise around. Yeah. He's not I mean, Randy, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not the same. He ain't no Randy this, Moss, homie. I'm,
4: I can tell you this, though, I and, you know, I do think the Panthers have a badass receiving core. Yeah, uh, you know, I was I was critical on DJ Moore's route running. I do think it's gotten better, um, uh, you know, but uh, Curtis Samuel, um, I, I think has been another player that, you know, he had injuries early at the start of his career. Now he's had a broken down Cam Newton and Kyle Allen just underthrowing every football. Like I'm telling you, if 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 Curtis Samuel was on the Green Bay Packers. Tony would not say anything bad about... Or, or on, the, on the, or Yes, we on would. Or on the Kansas City Chiefs, or on uh, mm, another we'll team we'll with the... To... We'll... Curtis Samuel is one of the most underutilized receivers in the NFL. If you look at what he I... play, he's a route runner. He's fast as hell. He's a burner down the field. He could have been Cam Newton's version of Tyreek Hill. I have
3: been on record when we drafted Curtis Samuel. I was, I thought we could have almost drafted Curtis Samuel as Christian McCaffrey, kind of. So I've always been in his quarter. My whole point is, is that at some point, like we just, I'm
2: so tired of hearing what it could be.
3: And that's my point. Yeah, we with got this. that
2: with Devin Funches. We've got that yeah. with Kelvin A- Benjamin. We had that with. A lot I mean Ian Thomas up to this point. I mean, we're still dealing with that with a lot of the people on the roster that haven't even hit their fifth year option yet.
3: And to but that's give not Curtis's the, fault. No, it's not Curtis's fault, but to pin the Carolina Panthers at the eighth best receiving core right now, is yeah, a little It's a little rich, right? Yeah. It's a little rich. And I like a lot of the things. If this is projected best, maybe. You know, but it's I mean, the- I want Curtis Samuel to be that dude. I have, I drafted him in the third round. of my. F- I thought he was going to be that dude. I it's did just, too.
2: I thought he like, was going to be, I thought he was yeah, going to do something was gonna that was yep. going to, but again, that's when we thought Cam was going to be there. Right.
3: Yeah. Well, that's and-
2: when we thought that deep ball was going to be back because Cam Newton was throwing some nice deep balls in training camp. Um, That's when we thought that uh, we had a, the 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 offensive line was going to start working its way out, you know, work out a little bit. Because, I mean, we were excited. Like, they re-signed Daryl Williams. I know we only had one great year from him, but we were like, hey, we got that. You know, and then we had this brand-new yeah. tackle. And so there was a lot of things that showed that, hey, maybe we're going to have a, enough protection in the pocket for Cam to be able to get the ball down deep. And then what we had was one of the worst offensive lines. We had a quarterback that was – too afraid to hold the ball long enough to get the ball downfield. And, and when he did
3: non existent Curtis Samuel. Yeah. You
2: know,
3: right. Because and it might not be yeah. his no, fault. No, it, it might no, no, it no, it might not be his fault, but it just wasn't there.
0: Here's and, the point. When he, when he got like, the go you back, remember? To,
3: go back no. to this podcast 18 months ago, Cody, and we're sitting here talking about how Curtis Samuel is going to be the better receiver on the team than DJ Moore. Confidently. Every single person probably was like that. It's like, watch out. It's going to happen. So the point is, and CK's right on the money, is not only all this bad shit was going on, but he also was
2: a non-factor in our offense. Whether that's his fault or not, it just is the reality. Well, it was a non-factor, but I think you also got to look at what his – his. I know this is something you don't want to hear, but his potential. You remember two years ago – he touched i know he got hurt that year but he was on track for one of the best touchdown to touch ratios in the history like, of the NFL.
3: yeah he got a touchdown like on every four carries it was something yeah. crazy yeah. like you gave him the ball four times and there was a touch he played like nine plays and had five touchdowns. it was insane
2: but it w- the, the and the problem is is that those touchdowns were incredible like they weren't they weren't just touchdowns they weren't just like there might be one, but like, like the one I allude to is that uh, the one I think from the Giants. I think it was it was a Giants game, and he was just he broke every tackle, yeah. and then he did that little weird dive into the end zone at the end that made it kind of all look really odd. But man, it was an incredible play, and and I think that at that point in time, our hopes for him went up. But the problem is, is their offense changed, and then he was then expected to be the deep ball threat. Well, we had no deep ball. Right? Yeah, it and so, was so our offense off. is predicated around so having off. somebody clear out the box. Well, I,
5: l- let me ask you real quick: Do you think that part of our reason for having such a high ranking? Because I do think you're, you're making valid points about Curtis Samuel. I think he can be a great receiver. Do you think it has to do with the fact that we have a running back that caught twenty less passes than, than the NFL record for a wide receiver last year? Do you think they're taking that in consideration for the passing game?
2: Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I said. We had a quarterback who was too afraid to hold on to the ball long enough to get the ball downfield. That's why you saw those receptions going to Christian McGavery. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, when you have a security to, blanket like that, I mean, why do you not take it? Right.
3: I want y'all I mean, yeah, to be cautious okay. of what Cody is saying. And because Cody's over there. Yeah. i saying. Yeah. And that's like, oh, like we're so, I feel like we've, we fell in love with these dark. I want Curtis Samuel to be great.
2: We wanted Demir but Britain again, Tony, I'm, I'm not ready to pay him, guy, homie. Then, then Homeboys want to pay him. This. You listen you, to that?
3: What's that? What's that asshole's name on Twitter? But that's a whole other What's that asshole's name on and Twitter him. that puts up Billy Marshall Billy? on his kid? Yeah, he wants to pay him, like pay him. Do you think that is Wait, pay a- Pancarius? Yeah, he wants to. He's like, if he doesn't get a multi-year deal right now, he's in idiot. the Panthers. That's bullshit. I think but, but telling is, you, what does the I film believe, say? it said this, is that you've had some injuries, you've had some moments where you've had some explosive plays, and you had a season last year that was unremarkable on an unremarkable team, on an unremarkable team, but I'm how how not many many saying he doesn't does deserve any money, I'm just saying this, is why in the hell would you extend a five foot nothing player who weighs 180 pounds, soaking wet. Tell that to Tyreek Hill, Tell
4: that to Tyreek Hill. And this is he my, my, plays whole, my point. He plays on the Chiefs. He plays on the Chiefs. The Panthers don't. How many times? Right. Okay. And the difference between Patrick Mahomes and a crippled Cam Newton and, and a Kyle Allen is a night and day difference. If you see that Curtis Samuel, like, it's one thing if we're talking about him dropping passes. And running the Make him play his final lazy. year. Make him play Dude, his uh, final that, year. That, What's wrong with making, making Curtis Samuel play his And then how about the how about the times that he the times when he did have the ball in his hand? He's making people miss. He's Fine. swerving. Doing the end around plays? Like, listen, I understand that you don't want to pay Curtis Samuel all the money in the world. He's and under yeah, project-
3: contract for twenty twenty for this year. Why? Why in the world even extend anybody based on potential, say this, is the team is under duress. Sorry, homie, you got drafted well, to a shit-ass yeah, team I'm, with a shit-ass quarterback. I'm sorry, but I ain't paying your ass nothing until after this season, homie. Like, nothing. Yeah, I mean, Like, I you're getting your you.
4: contract. That's my I'm not, position. I'm not saying to pay him now. I'm not saying you have to write off a new contract to make sure he, doesn't go anywhere else. What I'm saying is, is that again, man, he's kind of been a victim to the circumstances. Maybe he is a, he is a deep ball receiver who runs excellent routes, who routinely gets open, even when, even when he's press man coverage and he will haul ass down the field. There are, I mean, I've found him on Twitter. I mean, there are montages of Curtis Samuel, Screaming wide open, and then I how, know I under- we have, and they're all made by or- Billy.
3: They're all made by Billy Marshall. No, the uh, yes they are. Ninety
4: nine percent of them made. This by Billy is not Marshall. a. This is not a propaganda piece, Tony.
2: Yeah, it's, as,
4: it's just the truth, man. I mean, if are, you, we're all like, watching the same clips. Statistics, we're and we can all look, all it we need to, look it up Look at how and I would say often
2: his separate what his separation is from coverage. Like, that's is what it I from
3: PFF?
2: If there's plenty of places that have separation. Yeah, let's talk coverage.
3: about how PFF is awesome with these wide receiver tandems while we're at it. Well, my so point is this, is this, is this. I'm so sick of this idea that we, uh, we're we in a rebuild. We don't owe no one shit. And I'm sorry hmm. you're a victim of circumstance, but so was Ben A. Ben Wickery. Ben A. Ben Wickery was a good football player. That we asked to cover Julio Jones man on man after he was coming off a major leg injury that the coaching staff then went through under the bus for being overweight and out of shape. And you're like, this, this mug is five foot 10. You asked Captain Munnerland ultimately to man up Julio Jones for a game and he burnt you. Yes. He burnt his ass for 300 yards. But what the hell do you expect? And what I'm saying with Curtis Samuel is this. Is that I hope he becomes the greatest fucking receiver in the world. But we would be dumb to pay him right now. Period. Let him go to another team and be great then. Um, I mean, yeah. We, yes and no. Let them play this year it, at least. Let them play this look, year at least.
5: Look, I, I just want to put it in perspective. Like, a few weeks ago, we were talking about tanking, about Carolina definitely tanking. And now, a few weeks later, we're talking about the argument of the eighth-best wide receiver core. And, 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 and I look at I'm, I'm writing Don't stuff worry, down. Right. And it, it looks like we have, on paper, the best offensive line, the best wide receiver <laughs> core, and the best running back of Should the last, I go ahead
3: and pay you now, of, Greg? Of, of the last
5: twelve years, you know, which means that we have a better situation around Teddy Bridgewater right now than we ever had around Oh, Camden. My
3: gosh, I might as well just pay Greg right now. Yeah, just saying. Hey, like I said, I plant those That's seeds true. and then I just let everybody let it grow and let All everybody right. eat off it. And here, play let's it. play this next call. Cody, cover it, and we got to get the hell out of here. We got a couple How more. How y'all doing? It's G Cavazza. What's
8: up, G? Before I say anything, y'all, please be careful. Y'all seen the news? Y'all been on the internet? This world is in chaos right now.
6: It really is. Yeah.
8: It just seems like every day people are tearing shit up, burning shit up, or whatever, you know. And it's really heartbreaking, and it's embarrassing to this country. I ain't trying to get political, nothing like that. But understand this: I've been black a long time. I'm a black for 42 years, y'all. You know what I'm saying? So just please, all of you guys, please be careful. Now, the reason why I called is I saw something yesterday. It says something about Luke's contract and maybe Cody can, uh, can elaborate on this when it comes to contracts or whatever. Um, they were saying like some money's going to get freed up or whatever. I don't know if it's going to be today or tomorrow, but I'm, people are saying with the extra money we got, we should try, we, we, we you know what I'm saying we should sign Clowney. You know.
6: Mm-hmm. And my thing is I mm-hmm. think
8: we're okay. I really don't want this dude. He's a good football player. He's a hell of a damn defensive end and he could play, you know, outside linebacker, but I really don't want that dude to come to Carolina because I don't know, something just doesn't seem right. So give me guys
4: thoughts on that and I always remember y'all, keep pounding.
5: Keep pounding.
4: Keep pounding. Thanks for the call, G. Yeah, Greg, go ahead.
5: I was going to say, I a hundred percent agree with you. Although uh, Clowney sounds like a great player, uh, he he is, I would say, somewhat proven because he's very injury prone. Um, I think that with uh, Gross, Gross, patos and uh, and Burns on the other side, uh, I don't I don't think that that is where if we're going to focus on a big free agent, that shouldn't be it. Yeah, I mean we we yeah. we could we could utilize that money in a lot of other places. I think that we're pretty good on the defensive line right now. I'm I'm very happy with uh but well, we got Derek Brown too, right? We got Derek Brown, yeah. KK coming back, uh, gross on one side, Burns on the other. I don't think that I think we could have one of the best defensive lines in the NFL next year. I not, do too. not the best, but we could have one of the best, maybe top top five. I mean even if it
4: even if it's not uh, next year. I mean, this has the making of a vicious defensive line for years to come. And then people also forget we still have names like Christian Miller. We still have names like uh, Marquise Haynes, um, FAO Bide that's still floating around the roster. Like we have guys on the roster that are going to be able to come in and fill that kind of pass rushing outside linebacker role. We already have those dudes, so. Um, you know, and, and yeah, say it, man. Yeah. Jaden Clowney is kind of, uh, kind of overrated. It, you mm-hmm. know, he hasn't really been, uh, you know, worth the, the first pick in the draft. He had a bunch of injury concerns that never could get him and JJ Watt healthy at the same time when you played for Houston. Um, and really as an edge player, he doesn't have a lot of bend. I mean, he, they basically use him uh, uh, more effectively as like a, blitzer on inside stunts and, and, and shit like that. So, right. uh, I mean, really, in my mind, I'm not breaking the bank for clowning especially after the Browns were going to pay him and he was like, nah, bro, I don't want to go to Cleveland. Like, dude, how conceited are, are you, man? If someone agrees to pay yeah, you millions don't go of to dollars no, to go don't play, go to dude, no, um, no, if, no, if no. someone's paying me millions of dollars to go play football, and when no other team here is at my door,
5: <laughs> yep, yep. Here comes Greg. Hey, you, get, you, know, you just said if somebody's gonna pay you millions of dollars, you would up you would uproot your life and move. You wouldn't go yeah. to training camp for two weeks in a dorm. If you're, damn you right. you a go, you
4: you're damn right, on, I am not a child. You would go camp for two weeks. damn right, I am not a child. All right,
2: all right. You ready? You want to hear a crazy stat from last year, Tony?
3: Let's hear it. It's like Curtis, Curtis Samuel, Samuel is the greatest receiver in the world.
6: Yep.
2: 62% of Curtis Samuel's targets were catchable. That's. 60, a, no, so that, it's a stat that they, 62% of Curtis Samuel's targets are catchable. That was the lowest rate of the 26 wide receivers who saw at least 100 targets. I believe okay. it. Okay. Okay. I can, I can it. believe that stat. I just have a problem with, I, th- I think defining
5: a catch as catchable is. Uh, that's an opinion. Right, right. That's it's subjective. like that interference, you know. I, I, I guess good. there can be kind of lines that, that are that are a bit but, you know, blurry.
2: But... To be fair, they're also using those same opinions on the other players. Yeah. So if he's okay. still at as the lowest standard. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, I mean, well, we
3: in some ways. who is it from PFF?
2: No, this is uh, Panthers wire today. Um and where do they get it from? Is, so the one you know, thing
3: I do know this, and look, I like PFF I don't pro think that yeah. yeah, I don't think that the Bible. No but what either. they do is I know right. someone who works for PFF as like a part time, you know, he covers the Raiders. Mm-hmm. He actually is probably one of the more qualified people that do it because he's a kinesiologist. Is that what it is? Like, you study body movements and stuff? Yeah. But really, it's not the most scientific process. It is and it isn't. Like, they ask him to watch all the snaps for wide receivers. And he kind of has to make a judgment. You know, so there is some subjectivity into it. It's not 100% scientific. In this case, I think he's one of the more qualified people to do it. But here's the thing. With Curtis Samuel, if he is this so awesome, then, again, it's 100% on the coaching staff that you only use him as a deep threat. Like, you just got to get him in the game, right? Isn't that that our uh, mantra with Christian McCaffrey? It's like he's great as a receiver, he's great as this or great as that. Like you have to work him into the game plan. Ultimately then, if you guys are right, in which we may find out, maybe Curtis Samuel is the next fucking awesome thing in the whole world. But it's largely an indictment, if you guys are right, on the coaching staff for not finding ways to get him more easily involved. See, that's the thing with Tyreek Hill is, like, not every play is the least probable play in the world. Yes, Patrick Mahomes is fantastic and throwing the deep ball. But if you had somebody like that, you're like, we're getting their ass the ball. And if our quarterback can't do it that way, we're going to find a different way to do it.
4: I mean, and, and they tried for a little while, Um what was uh old buddy? Norv Turner was doing some end around. See, you know, Norv, was and, and stuff. Norv was better than Scott. Norv was better than Scott. And then uh, a lot of the ways. Um, and also, if you remember early on, Ron Rivera wasn't playing. Um, You know, that was like a whole thing during that season. Oh, Why aren't gosh. we playing Curtis Samuel? Tory Smith. Was it Torrey yeah. Smith? That
3: was two years ago, though, I think.
4: And then, uh, and then the dude that we got from LSU, or he went to LSU. Oh, what was the guy? Russell Shepard. And then yes. remember, Russell Shepard was on the team, and we were still playing him, and he was dropping passes like a dumbass, dude. It, it's just, it's. I'm telling. I'm. I am mean, telling i i do not want to
3: take That's away. That's probably the most exciting thing about the rule.
4: Yeah, it's so a stupid.
3: takeover is that like we don't know if he's gonna be better or worse, but damn, he cannot be worse with trying to identify the younger guy that's ready to play. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera yeah. may be the worst homie in that thing. It's like <laughs> at some point, like you're just gonna say this is that. That's why I'm tired of the Curtis Samuel talk. To be honest. It's not about I mean, it Curtis Samuel. But, it's like, I wish we could have just done this two years ago. Like, now yeah. it's the year. It's like five years later. Oh, my God. I'm so tired.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So can I take this?
2: I mean, I get what you're talking about. I mean, it, it is exhausting to have the, the constant, you know, it, it, it constant just hope that it's going to happen, and it never end up taking place. I mean, that is something that um, I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, that uh, uh, what I if I told you it. this,
3: CK? What if I told you this is like Coney Ely is still going to be the bomb. Coney Ely had the Panthers won the, the Super Bowl. He had the MVP. He had the exact game that Von Miller had. He had, like, one of the best games in the history of football. Right? Coney Ely. We're two years giving up on Coney Ely. Why is it that we are two years away from believing that Curtis Samuel is the next Randy Moss? Why? Why? What's the unfairness that... That's why I'm just fatigued. I want Curtis Samuel to be fantastic, but I am so fatigued by this. I almost feel like this is this must be what the listeners of this podcast felt like me talking about Demir Bird.
4: Yeah, but <laughs> do you get what why it sounds like you're just... Shitting on him for things that can not shitting on him, I'm just tired but you really of kinda y'all kinda acting
3: did... like he's the
4: best motherfucker in the world. See, but, okay, okay, but, but, Tony, what I'm saying, it, it takes two to tango. If you're a fucking receiver, that, that you have to have a quarterback that can throw you the football. He's average, uh, he's average. And, and, and-
6: He's average. Based
4: on based on what? Based on on what? All right. Well, how
3: about no, this? Black Tell me what he is above chat. average. homie. me. Tell well, me what I he is above you. average. We were okay. talking. About, well, I quick, have. Greg, Greg, get uh, in there, Greg. Yeah,
5: real quick, we were talking about earlier him being uh the, like an like a uh a wide receiver. You know, Tony's defending the action. and he's not going to be the best in the world. But we we talked about his what do you say CK was the number of his passes that were catchable sixty two percent okay see that takes a lot of factors into it I was thinking about this a minute ago Th- there's more factors that go into a catch being catchable than the wi- it, be- it being the wide receiver's fault that it wasn't caught or excuse me the quarterback's fault that it wasn't caught you know the wide receiver can drop the ball there could be pass interference there could be it could be tip there's tons of things that can yeah, happen it can be whole their, thing their the so that is, that stat is kind of a naked stat. There needs to be more that goes with that.
2: That, to make that, that stat that. More is ligative. mainly meant as a as a not necessarily from a coverage perspective, but from whether a, the ball is actually catchable from what the quarterback threw, where the ball landed, or or you know whatnot is is. It could be that the ball was tipped at the line and it was headed for Curtis Samuel. There's a lot of different factors that definitely can take place outside of the outside of that, but it is it is less about. The the coverage and more about whether the ball is actually it's, on target.
3: It's also okay. still a stat of what could have been.
2: Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely. You know, right.
3: that's my point. I'm that's why I'm fatigued by this Curtis Samuel. And I I feel like I was the Curtis Samuel dude for a while. And I'm not an anti Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I'm just saying this is like, yes, this mug got seven touchdowns on five carries. Yes, you heard those numbers. Seven touchdowns on, that's what that that's what Cody wants you to know. He got seven touchdowns on five carries. It's impossible. In
4: it, an, it an offense fair. that barely tries to get the It's not a, him a true stat,
3: by the way. You can't get seven touchdowns on five carries. It's impossible. My point. <laughs> you know, I mean, but like, look, is I'm not saying he's bad, but Jesus, like, come on. He hasn't I'm proven so to me that he's a top. I'm tired liner. of future potential. My, why don't we then just get back to Cam? But again, because Cam gave us any- real potential. Cam gave. Yeah, you but know what I'm saying? Like, let's talk about what you did for me. About this girl Curtis sucked Samuel. my, you know what? This girl might, you know what? That makes no no sense. What, what are you saying, Cody? You're
5: not saying anything about Curtis Samuel. What, what are you talking about? What, no, what else because, are okay. About?
4: No, because all right, this is my sin. When you have endless amounts You're of footage of Curtis Samuel Samuels. in the it's middle gay. of a game, Got getting it. open, beating coverage, being at the right place at the right time, he's doing his job, and yet he, you know he doesn't even have a fifty-yard game because the football isn't going somewhere where he can catch then the, the, the football. Even is isn't football, doing their job. That's not Kyle Allen's curtains.
3: fault. That's the coaching staff's fault. We should Uh-oh. have found Uh-oh. more dynamic.
2: Here we go. We should have found okay, more
3: dynamic ways to get him involved. If he see that the I
2: guess. Come on, we gotta. <laughs> we kind <we> of <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> All right, All right. We, we don't
3: need to talk about this for twelve hours, but Cody loves Curtis Samuel. I think he's. hmm. You okay. know what? You know Curtis what? Samuel I would sleep with him. Prepared. Hey, how about this? You want to pu- you want to put it on my gayness radar?
4: Uh, Cody, put, put put it on your? Yeah, put cam- it on my, my gayness radar. My, right. My, my, it's my, like my you, give me, you give
3: me you give me Barack radar. Obama and you give me Cam Newton. You know what's going down. <laughs> Curtis Samuel, hmm. Buy me a drink Curtis, maybe. You know what Buy a, me a drink Samuel. maybe and we'll see what happens.
4: All right. I mean, look, hey, keep on, hey, and listen, he might not have the, <laughs> that was he might so not have the quarterback. That he might not yeah. have the quarterback to get him the ball this year. I hope, but he might not I hope not. he's the and best he fucking motherfucker in the world. The Panthers I feel bad
3: for him, man, to be honest. Edelman is better saying, than Julio man. Jones, obviously.
4: I really do. Like, here, here's my bet Curtis Samuel is going to be a really good NFL receiver. But it's not going to be for the Panthers.
5: How about this? I'll make you a prop bet right now, Cody. Okay. No matter what team Curtis Samuel plays for, because here's my comparison with Curtis Samuel. The worst is will be the Panthers. We, were, we were just talking <laughs> about David Clowney, how he, he was expected to be really, really great. When he's mm. good, he's really good. When he's bad, he's really bad. But he's very injury prone. So I will make you a bet right now uh, that Jadavian Clowney – Pending the fact that he gets signed, will have more sacks than Curtis Samuel has touchdowns next year.
4: He'll have more sacks than more Curtis. Sacks Ooh, than Curtis Samuel has. That is a great Done, 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 done. It's
5: pending the fact that he gets signed. Right. not signed. Nah, which yet, I so. think is so Dude, fair. I have, I have and I think, all, Greg, I
3: have, Greg, I'm with you, bro.
4: Greg. I, I like that, a great, that so Greg's an odds maker, that,
3: bro. What
5: are we doing?
4: Dude, I'll go wherever you want, man. Do five.
3: Wait, what are we done for everything? We've done five or ten. Let's do five, five or ten. Yeah.
2: Five works because I'm going to make a lot of prop bets this season. So No, guys, no. You down. guys have to do something beyond money. I, I, you got to do something that the viewers can see. Oh,
3: do you both have
2: beards? Greg, did you save my oh,
3: oh, beard? Oh, no. Oh, I'm not oh, my, just... my beard. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah.
5: Save the beard. I'll, I'll save my head. I'll shave my head no, about that. No,
4: your head no. the Fuck man. no! <laughs> uh, you
2: know what? Uh, you know what it needs to be. Hey, you know what it needs to be. The it needs to be. It, I, I got. We got to figure out Cody's, but Greg's has to be. He has to paint on the side of his new barn that it turns out it was coaching.
4: <laughs>
5: <That's>, uh, <laughs> you know what? This is actually good. Like I said, we should do a prop bet show. Uh, I will definitely bet my beard. And I want to have a bet. I got to think about what I want to do that we're all three involved in, me, CK, and Cody. And Tony, you gotta to include you got to, I can't You gotta your with hair. Like, and you gotta to include, to, like, you got to include your hair. Balls. So we gotta figure out some kind of prop bets. But prop bets are fun, man. But I will definitely make that bet. And you know, for right now, we'll say I'll five. We can bet. change the terms. Just five bucks. So Jamie Clowney, when he gets signed. Has more sacks than Curtis Samuel has done. What a
3: make. good! I, I'm gonna make Greg the odds maker of the show <laughs> because he always comes up with these like kind of questions that I think are odds maker question. Like that's a good one. You know what I'm saying? Like if you think about it, like Clowney could have six sacks next year, and that is like if you think Curtis Samuel is gonna ball. If you think he's what do you think he's really gonna get? Like, yeah, 10 take take, so right, seriously, by way, last no, I don't you last take him up a man. it's a good but, 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 odds I maker. Mean, you're my, I'm in a, you're yeah, my I'm odds maker, months. Greg.
4: I'll say, hey, I'm going ten dollars. Uh, I'm, I'm so okay. confident that that Curtis will, oh do my god, you shamed on today. What was
2: his, what was the sack number last year?
4: Like four, three or four. He didn't yeah, have it. Yeah.
2: I'm I'm I I'm am i am all what in on was what, Curtis, what was touchdowns? Curtis six. <laughs> six <laughs> six What was
6: Curtis? He's serious okay. to Those get him? So,
2: get him Greg. Get
3: yeah. him. Which Greg. by the
2: way, 6 touchdowns Greg on, on 50, 50 catches is actually over I, 10% touchdown <laughs> ratio. I don't
3: care. Yeah. How many he <laughs> have last year? How many?
2: Six. Six. He
3: had six last year. Six wow. touchdowns
2: yeah. last year with fifty receptions on sixty-four catch sixty-four catchable balls he coming had his way. Six touchdowns, a little bit more Stay than Greg,
3: I expected.
4: Greg, I'll happily take your money, man. <laughs> I I'll happily.
3: All right, last call. Uh, well, that is a good one, here. It's way too long. We've been arguing. Hey, we've been mad um, at each other like America. I just
1: wanted to uh, let <laughs> you know. You know, I got. I got. um little bit of african-american in me and my family from my dad's side is african-american
3: You're pulling the one and, job role
1: yeah i mean i just you know i wish everybody can get along and uh it's not just all about race it's about just Justice, empathy human being quality in general you know i'm a christian mm-hmm. and uh, you know i love god and I just wanted to uh, share all this, and also, you know, um, I'm hoping I'm hoping we get uh, a good, um, solid, good player for the Panthers um, next next season too. I don't I don't know depending on the draft, but Hope you guys have a great day. God bless you all. Go Panthers.
3: Thank Go you, Panthers. Anthony. Anthony's got a voice made for radio. Yeah, it's very uh-huh. powerful and strong captivating. Oh, and so yeah. yeah. Oh, say uh-huh. it, see uh have you scared
4: anybody lately? Yeah, I did today.
3: What'd they do? No. They just laugh.
4: <lie. laughs> uh-huh. I love how nonchalant yeah, I did it today. Huh.
3: So, it's Anthony fun. Rochelle, my man. <laughs> Anthony, thank you for your support of the podcast. The number is 252 You can follow us on Twitter at Cat underscore Chronicles. You can check the show out every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the podcast. Um, There's no more news. I don't want to talk anymore. Let's get it over with. Let's get to the ISO picks. Have a good who one. are we icing up this week? You got a good one? <laughs> I You're yes, going first, to go Tommy. First. You are going first.
2: Well, I mean, and, and this is again, just based on the first half of our conversation today. It's not low-hanging. It's not low-hanging fruit. Um, it is something that I think that uh, needs to be said. There was somebody who I thought had made a post, and, and you guys may have seen it, that was probably one of the most genuine posts. And it was a a guy who said, who was apologizing to Cap, right? And I'm not, again, regardless of what your feelings are with Cap, it's not about that. But what he was saying is like, I'm sorry, you know, four years ago, I told you that, you know, I didn't, you know, essentially saying that I thought you were wrong for doing things the way you were doing it. Um, that, you know, maybe that things are a bit overblown or that you're creating a narrative that didn't exist, um, and had I listened four years ago and, and I think what he's trying to do is speak not only on behalf of himself, but as a as a as a, uh, in a society uh, in, in general said, you know, I, I just I truly apologize because, you know, I I reflect now and I realize that had we done something, then there's a possibility George Floyd is alive or any of the other people. And, and over the past year, month, you know, four years, whatever that, that have been. Uh, victims of 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 these you know the systemic racism as they talk about you know and basically apologizing for that and and, and it was, you know one, again a very vulnerable message and it wasn't about self-promotion um, he didn't have a blue check next to his name um, it was a, just a genuine message and honestly I felt it and you could tell by the the verbiage and the fact that I mean he he put himself out there and somebody posted um, and said, uh, basically said, we don't need your your apology, and, and basically attacked him for his apology, saying, you know, uh, it's it basically what what I I wish I had it up, I couldn't find it for it, but a no um,
3: win situation, right?
2: Yeah. So here's the thing: is when people actually start seeing what you've been preaching and trying to tell us about. When even though we may be refusing to for years, in the moment we start realizing we were wrong to be attacked, what you're doing is making it harder for anybody else to actually have that same vulnerability and to see your side of things anymore. You've, you've now created a divide that is so difficult to get past because why am I going to apologize to be attacked? You know, point. whereas if if you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position and saying, hey, listen, I, I wish I had acted, you know, I'm I nothing I can say is going to make this different. It's not going to bring Mr. Floyd back. But I am aware that I could have, I could have been a part of the solution. But for four years, I was a part of the problem. And and to be attacked, that was just that's that's something I've, I I just want to put out there as a message. I mean, when somebody actually is finally listening to what you're saying, appreciate that. Do not attack him because the it, for me, like the um, to say ten years ago that I'd have the same opinions I have right now, I you wouldn't have been able to convince me ten years ago that I had these opinions. Uh, again, not saying that I had a feeling, of, you know of Welcome hate to toward any race time. or anything like that. But, you know, that's just my reality. So anybody who wants to try to, to, uh, to undermine somebody's vulnerability in in a very tough situation. And when they're trying to put themselves or hold themselves accountable emotionally, but also publicly for people to see that, you know, they were wrong to attack them that is that's just something that i i cannot uh condone i again all i can say is ice up to anybody who had that that feeling of of frustration with that message saying too late or you know we don't need your apologies now you're four years too late or whatnot Oh I yeah, mean, those you things gotta are said
3: a hundred years too late jerk. of course yeah passion uh what patience empathy mm-hmm. right compassion understanding that's what we have to have with everybody yeah I man it's just simple and i'm not gonna chastise any of those anybody that's been yeah. slighted is just this is that that's what i'm gonna tell myself patience compassion understanding empathy forgiveness i'm not telling you what to do that's what i'm trying to do you're right ice up who wants next What's up uh, I'll go
5: next. All right. Uh, real quick, before I go with my ice up I do want to – because CK kind of hit on this point, and I wanted to bring it up earlier, but we got past it, so I let it go. Uh, my issue with Colin Kaepernick is not the kneeling. So just so you all know, it's not the kneeling process. If you want to talk to me about it, hit me up on at, on Twitter, at bad 52 I'll talk to you all about it. It's not with the kneeling, because I, I fully stand for everybody's right to protest or to, to, to express emotion the way they feel is right, as long as it's not within violence or yeah. – destructive type thing. So it's not a matter of that. So I don't want people thinking that, oh, well, he just hates Colin Kaepernick because he kneeled for the flag. No, I, I was in the army. Like, so the flag means a lot to me, but I, but, I, but I also realized that I fought for the right for somebody to have their own opinion about that. And uh, that's not my issue. I have a lot of other issues with him. That's nothing to do with that. So if you want to talk to me about it, like I said, hit me up. But my ice up pick, uh, I'm, go- I'm icing up the Major League Baseball. They are going to robotic umpires and electronic strike zones from what the last i heard uh i don't know how true this is i googled it and it's on about 20 different pages so i imagine it's probably true uh i don't like this it's the same thing with with replay with uh you know pass interference stuff like that human error is part of the game it always has been it always should be i get people want things to be right but that's competition i mean maybe it's just me sticking with old times i'm not sure I don't want a robot behind a batter calling out a strike. Or you know, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, like I said, the, the 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 getting mad at the umpire for missing that 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 one call, or for 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 when you thought that it was in the strike zone and he just called it just barely out. That's what the passion of the game is about. I mean, I get that making it more accurate. It, I guess maybe might make it more fun, but man the human error is part of the game to me. And uh, I just don't like the idea of the MLB moving to electronic and digital or electronic umpires and digital strike zones, because even those can be, f- I mean, those can be fudged or uh, fudged just as much as, <laughs> as a regular umpire saying something or making a call, you know, I mean, how easy is it to hack into something nowadays? So it just, well, I don't know for me.
3: Little, that's a do little kind of the hacking of it might be a little what is it when you're conspiratorial
5: you don't believe it that just, somebody it how about who this is a 1000 game couldn't hack it couldn't pay to have a hack into to we all watch it, it all. we all
3: watch where the baseball right. went the box is up there we all get to see it i would actually say this is that instead of worrying about the conspiratorial part i think making sports too sanitary may be boring okay yeah. Right. So I'm with you. I mean, I don't think that I'm, my my concern is not about how it changes baseball, based on like can the Russians hack the system. More about does it make it. Yeah. You know, does it take a little bit of the drama away? That's my thing. That's, that's my. Really uh, that's really
5: what good. I would So no. continue. No, that that's about it. MLB ice up. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. But I guarantee you, once it happens, they're not going to go back. Like, this is it. They're never going back to regular umpires again. I don't think it's not going to Unless there's a huge striker protest against baseball, which won't happen either. Cody? So.
4: My soap pick is going to the uh, report put out that people should wear masks while having sex. <laughs>
5: I did that before COVID. What are you talking about?
4: Uh, you're Greg more, more,
2: more, is you is
3: bad. Ask the
2: Mandalorian were, mask. Yeah, yeah say, it's
3: Mandalorian mask.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, I bet you're into all kinds of crazy <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What is it when you dress up
3: like a Pikachu or... Uh, a furry? Yeah, the furry. <laughs> That's what there it is,
6: is, the
4: furry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you know... Hey man, don't <laughs> not don't knock it until you try it, man. I, never. Trying, I've uh, never tried a, a Pikachu, so I've never. And knocked boots, <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, you never know. But um, no, that's so ridiculous. I'd rather um get coronavirus than uh, get some wearing a mask on my face. So. Yeah, fuck that, even if it's straight from the CDC, man. Don't care. Not doing it. Eyes up, son.
3: Don't trust any of those fools, to be honest, because we've read a million reports about how it's about, like, you can touch things, you get the coronavirus. You can kiss things, you can eat coronavirus. Like, it's like, I don't even know what... All I would say is this, is wash your hands, sleep with the people you know that don't got the coronavirus, and... uh, Wash my
2: hands?
5: (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So treat it like herpes but wash your hands, right? Exactly.
6: (laughs) All
3: those things. Treat it like all of that and the flu. Would you sleep with someone that had the flu? Maybe dudes will do anything. Yeah, dudes yeah. will do. I'm, like, I'm, I'm taking doing, this. It. I mean, that, that's this might that's not happen again me. for another. Well, you
4: know what you do is you hit it from the back, so Oh <laughs> gosh,
3: <that's> the <laughs> rudest thing I've heard. CDC that. That was good. That was real good. <laughs> you know? was yeah.
4: Good. You All can't right. un-CDC.
3: My ISO pick goes to the police state <laughs> that we live in. Okay, saw.
4: and.
3: This is not a, I don't want you guys to think about this. this is this not like a disappreciation or unappreciation for people that risk their lives to make our community better than that? Like, no, is that if you take that responsibility upon yourself, congratula- con- congratulations to you. I will uh, thank you if I see you in person, all of those things. But I don't like this society that we kind of live in where it's like uh, every firefighter ran into a building and saved somebody. Like, it's like this hero worship mentality. And ultimately, we live in a society that is overly government regulated. And call me a libertarian at this moment. Call me a hypocrite because I work for a place that's paid by the state, which is totally true. I just feel like this is that there's too many rules in our society and not that i want a lawless society i want a lawful society i want a rulely like a rulely society but do we have to ticket every single person you know what i'm saying arrest all these look you want to use a high profile case example let's talk about marijuana and, and cr- criminalization of that but how about this? Is like, Let's not just write somebody a $50 ticket for the grass being t- It's too many rules. All the time. And right now, I'm in a city that told us we all had to be in our houses by 8. And I'm sorry. Like, there's nothing really going on in my society. I'm fully capable of taking care of my family. And making good decisions. Too many... It's just a financial police state. And the goal is not to incarcerate. It's to suck you dry of money. And the reason people are in prison because they ain't got no damn money. That's really the reason. So the whole state is meant to suck you dry of your dollar. So here's to freedom. Here's to podcasters who have been doing this COVID shit since 2012. 2012. Here's the best friends that hang out on Tuesdays and uh ruffle feathers. That's my ice up pick, guys. It's a C3 Panthers podcast. My name's Tony Dunn, at cat underscore chronicles on Twitter. Cody, I'm a fan of the Cripple Connection. I'm telling you this. I wasn't just waving my hands over there trying to get your attention. I was enthralled in the conversation, 100%. The reason I was commenting in the chat room, I was into it. And to be honest, I don't even know that game. Never played it. Thought it looked uh, looked a little like you guys were describing plus Horizon Zero Down type feel to it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
4: so I was into the show. Check out the Cripple Connection. How can they find you? Yeah, man. Um, Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Cody Lashley. Eventually, it'll have a YouTube channel of its own. Uh, But right now, subscribe to my channel. for uh, We do a brand new podcast every uh, every Friday. It's a video game podcast. Uh, Tony was talking about we were going over The Last of Us, which uh, they're doing all the new press conferences for the new consoles and um, The Last of Us. It looks fun. If you've never played it, definitely check it out. It's coming out next... uh, that next stab month.
3: in the throat scene was dope.
4: Yeah, uh, Ghost of Yeah Ghost of Tsushima uh, is another game that's coming out soon that everyone needs to be on the uh. lookout for. But uh, follow me on Twitter at Cody Lax C O D Y L A C, and we're uh, we're back to doing the monthly because it's the off season. But check me out as the Panthers analyst on DraftTech.com. Uh, new write-up just went up yesterday, so check it out. CK, are you going to go hit the video games now?
2: It's possible. Uh, possible. There is a possibility that that takes place.
3: Where where can uh, they watch you play video games at?
2: You can watch me on Twitch at codizzle underscore Allen. I am trying to get to that affiliate stage. I am at 43 followers. Um Joe Rilano, uh has been a avid watcher um and supporter up to this point so i appreciate the heck out of him um i plan on i'll be there at 8:30 in the morning until 10:30 uh tomorrow morning and uh joe's actually going to join me tomorrow in place so he's
3: going to play with you yeah, yes sir. he's going to play that's dope yeah. i'm i'm on i'm getting what are you guys playing you guys playing warzone warzone yeah can i get on that i'll set my alarm yeah maybe yeah. I, might uh, okay, I might be there at 9:30 i might be there
2: at 9:30 but i'll text you <laughs> that's alright man yeah you can do that I mean we're, we're happy to uh, bring know, anybody along yeah. that's uh, available I just didn't think you were going to be I thought you might be working so I am <laughs> <Shh>. uh, <laughs>
3: working Greg that's where can they find your 40 podcast <sighs> at
5: Oh, man, I got a long list here. Uh, you can find me at the Bad Daddy 52 on Twitter. It's my only form of social media. It's if you want to contact me yeah, directly. I also do a show on Friday nights. It is a super civil service podcast. We are attempting to go live just like this show. First week went great. Second week was horrible. I'm trying week three right now. As soon as we get about two or three weeks in the books of me running it properly and having anything go straight, uh, we're going to start working on fan giveaways, all kinds of stuff like that. And then I'm also a part of the uh, Geek Ultimate Alliance, which is a new network that just launched yesterday. Uh, I run a two show. I'm on two shows on there. The uh, DC Alliance podcast where we talk everything DC comics and superhero discussions where we talk about animated series. Right now we're talking about the 1995 animated Superman series, which is phenomenal watch. It's fun to go back and check it out. But um, you can check out the DC Alliance or DC Ultimate Alliance podcast network Five days a week, uh, we're dropping shows every day, so um, you can come there for all your geek stuff. Uh, you know, every day of the week. So Greg, good stuff. But we do not smoke
3: stuff. meth to keep this shit alive. Oh, this gosh. man's building the building. He does <laughs> everything. Check yeah. out my man Greg on the all those podcasts that I'm excited about. The well, I'm not even. I'm excited about <laughs> it, but I'm like, how do you even? I have to go watch this. Now I'm going to go watch this 1995 anime of Super. What was it? Superman? Oh, it's,
5: it's so funny. Yeah, Superman the Animated
3: Series. I'm From watching it now. Now I'm yeah. going to comment. Ask Cody so how fun. I get on y'all's so podcast. Fun. Ask yeah. my man. That's true. I'm, yeah. I'm all in. Check everybody out. We'll be here next Tuesday night. Go Panthers. Eli Apple, the next. Who's the best quarter- thing, quarterback right? in the league? <laughs> Who's the best corner in the league? He's the next one. He's the next. He's gonna be awesome. He's the apple <laughs> of our eye. It's the C Three Panthers podcast. We'll check you out next week.
4: Peace. There you go. Later.